Hey, it's Peter here with MyFSHD, and today I have back um, on popular demand <laughs> Dr. Carice Hameda, uh, who's our, you'll remember her from as the inventor of CRISPR inhibition for FSHD. And sidekick. And, and sidekick, <laughs> yes. Yes, we keep her around for the witty banter. Trusty the, sidekick. Trusty sidekick for, for 10 years, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, getting old. Yeah. We, well, <laughs> You're catching up. Um, no, we we have a good time in lab, but uh, actually, I keep her around because, as far as I'm concerned, she's got is the greatest mind working to cure FSHD. And she always feels she says that's not true, but it's the only time she's wrong. But with the creativity and and also though a grasp of the literature, and that's kind of that that's actually why we have you here today. Um, is we're going to talk therapeutics. And so, so, you know, it was really exciting, right? Everybody's all super hyped up. Uh, Chip Wilson uh, started Solve FSHD, announced that uh, last week, and $100 million for FSHD therapeutics. But there are a couple of things that kind of that stood out, you know? I mean, that's cool though, right? Yeah. Nothing, nothing bad about this. No, it's it? fantastic. Chip's a good guy. I mean, we we <laughs> yeah, know Chip. He's, great. Um, he's been funding, people may not know this, but he's been a a strong supporter of FSHD research for years, even though you've never heard, you probably haven't heard of a number of, well, actually most people, you know, well, it's 25 bucks or a thousand bucks or a million bucks, you know, it all counts and it's all moving FSHD forward. Uh, but there's a great influx of, of cash, you know, built upon a, you know, strong foundation. Yeah. But uh, the thing that stuck out to me and you see what, you know, I don't know what about you, but for me, it was either gonna have, you know, the goal of, of, of solve FSHD is to have a cure by 2027, you know, so one, I hate to put dates on things. <laughs> yeah. And I know you're not a big Facebook person, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I, I check out Facebook once in a while because we, we um, interact with patients on Facebook for my FSHD and, you know, I get messages and such. And yeah, you know, it's fun. Most of my friends are patients or family. So I was on there. And one thing I noticed is people are like, yes, hundred million dollars. But what's this 2027? We were promised a cure in 2025. And who promised them this? <laughs> yeah. uh, you'd have to be nuts to put a name on yeah. this, you know, but you know, I think we all know. And, and it's, you know, I, re I remember the sitting in the audience at a, at a patient event. The first time I, I heard um, Mark Stone get up and promise a cure by 2025 countdown watch in the works. And my head damn near exploded. I was like, you know, can you put more pressure on the research? And it's not, you need pressure. I mean, trust me, we feel pressure. Yeah. But it's not, it's not the pressure from that. The pressure is, and, you know, science is hard, unpredictable, expensive. Uh, and, you know, patients have heard this. I over talk, and over. Yeah. I mean, you've gotten emails, right, from oh, patients? Yeah. They yeah. say, What's taking so long, you know? And, and, and you can't blame them for being upset because, you know, they're told specific dates sometimes by certain people. And, and it is a problem. Write me a check and I'll get you a cure yeah. right? by this date. Yeah. Money, <laughs> you know? money can't sometimes speed things up past a certain point. Well, and then I think that gets, you know, we're going to do something on this on chips, you know, investment later. We'll do a different podcast on that. But but that is the point that money does not actually cure everything. It's not just a financial issue. There are certain hurdles that you just have to get through. Money makes things better. Yeah. But it. It can speed up and solve a lot of bottlenecks, but it uh, can also cause some yeah, bottlenecks. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and if it if it gets in the way of uh, safety and and efficacy, then it's it's not being well used. Right. So you know, so money, but but the, I think the point is, you know, you got to raise my foundations want to raise money. So it's like that's a good catchphrase. You know, give us money. You got to care about 2025, which is rapidly approaching. 
And now, of course, we, we those are, you know, people have been, I don't not to be too hard on, you know, I know that's been amended now. I've been told by patients at other events, this is now a cure or therapy, which I don't know. Whatever that means. Is a heat pad of therapy? Take, take two Advil. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we made it. Exactly. <laughs> two Eat Advil. more broccoli. Yeah. Um, antioxidant. That's a therapy. But anyway, so what, what it got us thinking is, you know, you know, I know everyone means well and we got to we want stuff to go. But the thing about uh, solve FSHD that's different, right, is they don't really need to raise money. Right. They can look at the science, just do the science, judge the science, look for impact. They can take some risk, too. Mm -hmm. take, although foundations, I think, in general, take risk. That's yeah. a benefit of foundations. Right. Um, and you know, high risk, high reward stuff that NIH won't fund. But uh, but 2027, I take that actually as a good sign to me, not a bad sign. I know people are freaking out on Facebook. No, but I think it's more realistic. <laughs> well, it means to me, I, I, that's what I take. I said, that's real. Yeah. Right. When somebody's selling you something. Yeah. It's you too got, soon. And you, you, and you know. know. It just doesn't well, sound right. But but people don't know, right? Scientists know. Yeah. When someone says, oh, we'll get to, you know, if you know the, the, the runway to clinic and to get FDA approval and where this the science is. The state of the science, yeah. And what can go wrong? Yep. Because you've seen it before in other fields. Cure cells all the time. Cure yeah. mice all the time. Yeah. And um, no efficacy sometimes in clinic. Dangerous. It doesn't pass safety. And when things go too fast. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's all most, happened. We've seen it happen. Most drugs fail in phase three. And it'd be right. horrible if it happened for FSHD. So, yeah. Right. So, you know, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Right. But it got us thinking. And this gets us, because it's a long way to get to, to get to where we are. And it got um, Chris and I thinking that, well, where are we? Right, two thousand. What what's gonna what are, what is it gonna be in two thousand twenty seven? You know what? I'm not discounting two thousand twenty five. Just think it's idiotic to put that out there when it was. Um, but whatever. Uh, maybe I guess the full lesmopamod may be a treatment if that what we're calling yeah, it. Yeah, might uh, be. That's approved by two thousand twenty five. <laughs> yeah. And you know we hope it works. I honestly, honestly, I had hoped it worked better. That's another thing. We'll get to that. I mean, when the headline of Better than expected. What the hell do you expect? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I'm just like, oh, I expected better. I don't, know, I don't know what you guys expected out there, but I expected a hell of a lot better. I ex hoped for better. Hope for, hope well, hope for better. better. Yeah, well, we have we do work in the lab, so yeah. I guess hoping for better, you're right. Expecting different. better is a little bit different. That's correct. Uh, but, you know, we're still hopeful. It's in trial, and great. And I encourage people to sign up for that, and, and let's get it done. But regardless, even at the best case scenario for lesmapamod, an FDA-approved drug that shows benefit, we can do better as a field. The next generation drug, the next drug out there is going to be better. Yeah. Well, it's by definition, it's going to have to be. It'll it have to be. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so what's out there? So, yeah. you know, so this is interesting. It's very timely because Chris has been working on something. Basically, really scouring the field and the literature really to understand, you know, where, where are we as a field? And what we thought, you know, as a, as a podcast, Maybe people would don't understand the different technologies. Yeah, no, it's it's a, one of the most important things I think to talk about and to and to write about um, because there are a ton of if you look at the FSHD literature, there are a lot of reviews, you know, most mostly recent, um, examining uh, the state of potential therapies. You know, and uh, there are a lot of different avenues, uh, ways we we could get to the clinic. And, um, you know, academics, we tend to write book reports. We tend to just kind of <laughs> say, this is where this is at. This is where that's at. And it all sounds great. You open up the World Book Encyclopedia <laughs> and you, and you, you just copy it. everything down. Yeah, right? yeah. And you have absolutely no idea at the end. Okay, well, what's 
what, what's it really going to take to get to clinic? You know, and these things, all of these different avenues are at different stages of development. You well, know, they're all and, breakthroughs uh, too. and they all have advantages and they all have disadvantages. Some of those disadvantages are common to, to all the technologies. Some of them are unique depending on the mode of delivery, depending on, uh, you know, how it's going to be made. Um, it's just, it's tremendously complicated, but it's really important to kind of synthesize it and ask the really hard question, which is for each of these, what is it going to take to actually get to the clinic? Not for us to continue to get funded and continue to write papers as we do in academia. That's how most of us make our living. And it's, and I'm not judging it at all. This is, this is a great way to make a living. We're, we're, you know, doing important things, even if the things we're working on never make it to the clinic, but but to actually make it to the, I mean, that's the goal. That's, that's really what we want. Stuck. And and if it doesn't go there, it's not because you're an idiot. Now, right. Some things just don't have a path. Exactly. Some things are just But, you, but you can, so we did, we've had this discussion, you know, a few, actually, got to tell you, Chip Wilson stimulated this discussion in our lab. Chip uh, approached us a while ago and said, you know, can any of your technology actually make to clinic? Do you have path to clinic yeah. for your tech therapy? It's the just only a, question that really matters. Right. And that's actually not a question. That's a question that that's doesn't get asked. Like ask. Well, but foundations don't <laughs> yeah, ask that. Uh, NIH question. doesn't fast right. that. You know, basic science, just figure basic out mechanism, science, right, right. you know, and you have a breakthrough. You cured FSHD yeah. in cells. We cured mice a million times over. Oh, yeah. You know, there, there's so many mice's parents that are just so happy. That <laughs> <laughs> you can't get rid of them. We can't, they never it's leave terrible. the house. It's a, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and at but, some point you have to say, what's what? What is the problem? What, what is but but problem going to mouth through mouse is an important step. Absolutely. But yeah. the question is, if you step back, going from a mouse to a person right. is very different, and it has failed many times. The question is why, and what do we do to overcome those? And those can problems? you see that ahead of time? Yeah. So yeah. can you can you fail fast? So people will say, seem like fail fast, and it sounds defeatist, but that's actually good because stop working on avenue therapeutic avenues that have no future. Right. That, that's an important, I, actually one of the things I've, I pre, one of the very few nice things that Carice has said about me <laughs> in my life. <laughs> well, you know, anybody actually said about me. But you said you appreciated that we know when to Oh, cut you know when run. to stop hitting your head against a brick wall. Yeah, no, that's important. It's something we, we should all we, learn in grad school. You know, honestly, when we, when we start- This is going nowhere. Scientific it, training, there's a lot of people, you know, I've seen them and there's some people that are just brilliant and you think, wow, they'd make fantastic scientists, but sometimes the most brilliant idea nature is not accommodating <laughs> you know when you're trying to figure out how nature works uh you got to sometimes let go of your brilliant idea and try to figure out what's really going on and, and i've seen or just, people just beat their heads against, against or, or maybe world. it just doesn't work maybe everything it doesn't, work. Does, it doesn't yeah. mean you're an idiot yeah. everything doesn't right. have to but work know at what point knowing at what point it's time to step back and say that's not a good avenue it's time to think of something else and, we, and, and it's hard to do so well but we've invested so much in this exactly that's why people you know, have a hard time doing it it's good money after bad all yeah. the time you see this all the time good money after bad whether it's yeah. stocks or, or it's human nature, exactly it's not unique to science no i know but but people in science it, but you know, so you see this you say well okay so so what's the experience so i always like to think of this in the lab we always talk about this in lab meeting the few times we have lab meeting uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm not a lab meeting guy you know it's is uh and what's the experiment to determine right. if this is, you know, go, no, go point. Right. And then there's always one at this point point. you go. And if the answer is no, go, you just have to no go. Or yeah, you don't right. go. You don't and just all those say other experiments are worthless. You know, yeah. if, so, if they're so ultimately going to hit a brick wall right. and then, then there's no point. And so, but that's fine. You can still, there's still uh, lab development, therapeutic development, you know, technology development. And you can say, well, there's no path to the clinic today, but there might be a path to the clinic tomorrow right so that's okay that's fine to do the basic science yeah, research yeah. but we you know you can also step back and say when things are being sold to people um under the guise under of, the guise of <laughs> this is the next breakthrough right, right. everybody should start cheering on facebook and get out their checkbooks 
uh, and you should in the sense that you have to support the science and, and, and you know, we do need, you know, science is expensive, need support, Yeah. but not every successful experiment, not blind support. That's the thing. <laughs> well, that's a, not blind support. Not every successful experiment is going to be a cure. Yeah. Don't okay, most are not random shots on what's yeah. going to work. But, but the good, think about it. the good news for FSHD is they're not random shots, but there's, there's a lot of good shots. There are a lot of good shots. You've heard, if you've paid any attention to the podcast before our vast library of episodes, you've heard <laughs> about, you know, our lab of course does CRISPR inhibition, which is a gene therapy. And we'll, we'll discuss that for a second, but we're going to go through the technologies after this long introduction or, and just talk about what's out there for FSHD. 10, you know, the thousand foot, 10,000. I never know what perspective you're supposed to say what the plane flying by. I don't know. Well, we'll, anyway, we'll, we'll try to get above what we usually, you know, the we'll, minutia. We'll try not to get into the weeds that the scientists <laughs> yeah. get into yeah. and just talk about what are we talking about? Small molecule, what's an antisense, how does this work? What are the prospects? And what Therese has really been delving into are, you know, what, what are the barriers to clinic? Yeah. And, you know, what are the prospects? How, where are we? Because when 2000, well, you know, 2025, 2027, well, I hope it's tomorrow. I don't That's care. What I, we I, expect. Yeah. You know, wouldn't it be great to wake up and see on Facebook that hey, it's been cured? I, I honestly don't care when I, you know, I just know it'll get there when it gets there. Dates don't. But, you know, I understand having goals. But, you know, what, what, what are the prospects of what's out there? So I'll, I'll let you kind of lead us on the, you know, <laughs> well, so what do, what do you want to start with? Small molecule? Yeah. What's Because uh, well, Las Mapamod, we'll, well start first, Las Mapamod's a small molecule. Yeah, so. no, I was going to say small molecules, you know, they're really the gold standard in terms of therapies. That Why is that? Well, there, there's a lot of reasons. They're easy to synthesize. They're uh, completely predictable in terms of the structure. Um, you know, they're... What do you uh, mean? So... so what do you mean when you say small molecule? What, ah, what, do you, so, what should people so have in their head? Technically, not that this means anything to anyone, but a small molecule is defined as something under 900 Daltons. It's about one nanometer in size, if you can envision one nanometer. Can I ask you what's a Dalton? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not getting into the weeds. Okay. <laughs> I think everyone has a good concept of what a drug it's is. small. Yeah. Aspirin, right? Aspirin, right. penicillin. Right. They're right. not Thanks. immunogenic. You don't have to worry about an immune reaction. I mean, yeah, and they, they can be synthesized in bulk in, uh, you know, Robust chemical ways. reactions. You just Basically, boom, anyone can do it. A factory, people can can produce these things. Um, they're Breaking not so sensitive bad. to process. Let's right? say, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So uh, you know, and uh, uh, there's some disadvantages to small molecules too. Uh, we can talk about those. Um, so would these be a cure or a therapy? Well, they could be either, depending on the small molecule. You know, okay. and but one thing about them is uh, you're likely going to have to take them for the rest of your life. So two pills uh, twice. A, so let's map them up. If I remember correctly, it's two pills twice a day forever. Which is not so bad. It's it'd be, there's getting, worse things. There's worse, worse things. things. <laughs> I mean, insulin injections are worse. There's just a lot more invasive sort of treatments, you know. So, so from uh, conceptually, I mean, I always I agree. I completely agree with you that conceptually, you would say, what do you? Well, I mean, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I, small molecule is great because yeah, you take a drug, less likely to you know, have the the dangerous side of the dangerous effects, because that's all gets out in the tox studies. That gets out, you know. It really for small molecule. It really comes down to efficacy. Right. Normally, not not a side effect issue. Hopefully, well, the kid. I shouldn't say that, but um, and all of these things are going to be expensive. But let's just say you know small molecules expensive over the long term. You're going to have to chronic lifelong administration. To um, two pills, four pills a day, the rest of your that life. Works out too. All right. People say, oh, two million dollars for gene therapy. You know what? Actually, gene therapy once in your exactly. life, depending on your age right. versus small molecules, actually, it could be a bargain. It could be a bargain. We'll so, get yeah, to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Okay, so go on. With so, that. Uh, but let's talk about some of the, the 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 problems with drugs, which everybody who's ever you know taken any kind of drug uh, knows is uh, there are there are off targets. There are there are side effects, and uh, some of those are because of off targets, and some of those are because of on targets. 
And so, um, you know, what I mean by off targets are, you know, the drug is designed to bind a particular factor, you know, usually a whatever, it's just something, yeah, it's, something it's, it's, in it's the cell blocking something that, causing yeah. a problem. And the drug is supposed to prevent that protein from, let's say, from doing its so, job. So in the case of lesmapamod, um, it blocks a protein called P38. P38, the P stands for protein, the 38 stands for kilodaltons. <laughs> so 38,000 kilodalton protein. There's only one evidently in this up now, alpha, beta. And it's just how we name stuff in the old days. And it is a kinase, which means it actually adds a, it's a signal pathway. So there's signaling, you know, something says do something in the cell. You get this sort of this, you get this, you know, almost like a light switch and then the electricity tram goes down the line turning things on yeah. on on until so you get chemical reaction really uh, important really in the end and so yeah. and so this is a key node of that right and if you block p38 function so that it can't do the next step you, you ducks four it does not get turned on at least in right now the question is does p38 only activate ducks four well, okay, you are the, you're the muscle guru. You're the and muscle this, guru. This gets to the problem with drugs. It's not a problem specifically with with lasmapamod, but a general problem with drugs is that when you block a protein, that protein doesn't have just one function. It does a lot of different things in well, the cell. Well, no, 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 no. You are absolutely correct, but you know, you also said it's not a problem with lasmapamod. So, what does P38? Do? I said it wasn't a unique problem. Oh, with unique problem. I'm sorry, I misunderstood you. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it is a problem because P38 happens to be a protein that's r really important for many stages of myogenesis you know, muscle, which is muscle development. And so, you know, and regeneration. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just something that through some unknown mechanism turns on ducks four, which is so, pathogenic. It does a lot of good things. So in you, muscle. You, you don't have P38 in your body to activate ducks four. Exactly. It That's just, just an unfortunate <laughs> thing that it happens to do. Right, so P38 does a whole bunch of, actually does, does a, a ton of, of good things. things. Yeah. A ton of things you need. Exactly. And so what happens when we block that? Well, those other things, you know, may, maybe other things compensate and maybe they but, don't. But, but this is part of the problem. With, this is part of what causes side effects with drugs. So just because we brought it up with lesmapamod, uh, mapamod, whatever. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> is, uh, but that doesn't mean, you know, I don't want to scare anybody because, you know. You know yeah, this so is, this is there's a there, there, there are therapeutic doses, right? right? This is right. why you don't just pound a ton of pills. Yeah. If you're thinking, well, I got a whole jar and I take two every two two twice a day. I it's better also take twenty. It's a bad idea to self-medicate. I know yeah, a lot that's of what people, I'm saying. That's why exactly what I'm saying. They feel good and they say, "Oh, I don't need my three pills today. I'll just take one, and it doesn't work." Or, or, or twenty. <laughs> or twenty, yeah, because it's not working well enough. So I'll take more. Because all these things have therapeutic, yeah, windows, therapeutic and windows, and that's right. and that's the key with the the fulcrum. Yeah. Right? The key there is they're saying, "Well, we can block P38 activity with lesmapamod at a point where we're not." blocking all these other things you need right. so there's a therapeutic window a dosing window right. that you know somewhat you know somewhat it's your best guess but it's your best guess you know yeah because yeah. we don't have a real a real great animal model right. so it's based on cell culture studies the xenograph mouse studies and you say okay this is a safe dose that we predict will block enough p38 that ducks fours off right but not so much that, that we're screwing all these other stuff off. exactly yeah right? yeah so that's the goal with with drugs with small molecules except based on the clinical data it didn't shut ducks four off <laughs> yeah. but that's another story yeah yeah well we're going to talk about that in another well, do, well yeah, we can right? i mean we're not knocking it we're just trying yeah. to explain this is a small molecule it's you know i mean we all know in clinic the clinical trial phase 2b showed um, enough therapeutic benefit in enough people to go to phase three and it's fantastic that that's going and and I mean, I, you know, we really do generally hope it works, oh, but yeah. we want people to understand what we're talking about. What right. is this drug? What are the, what are the risks? It's a, what are the likelihoods? You know, so, and, and I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I, I had a guy in the trial call me up and he was cutting his pills in half, doing stuff, trying to, I mean, this also is what screws up trials, by the way. Yeah. 
If you ever saw, did you ever see Dallas Buyers Club? No, sorry. <laughs> you know, she reads, man. You got to get out. You got to. Gail, in one of the early scenes, they're taking the anti cocktail. One of the one of the clinical trial patients is is you know divvying up the the drugs among her friends, his her friends. Yeah. Whatever. So basically, and because totally because everybody wants a little bit, that screws the whole damn thing oh, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So no. Uh, People are not dissolving it in water, trying to figure out if it's on placebo or not placebo based on what it looked like when you kind of probably frighteningly realistic. No, I said no, this actually was what oh, happened. <laughs> I just that was realistic. That was a, oh, a guy in the trial was like looking at me as he's like, Yeah, I just dropped my pill in some water to see if I could tell if I could see the drugs, see so if I know I'm on placebo or not. Yeah, seriously, I won't tell you who it is. Oh, good. But, <laughs> you, if you're listening, you know. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm just saying, you know, people want to know. And you just, that screws up trials. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah. The key is dosing is extremely important. important. Right. right. That's the key. The and because things can go wrong because right. you're blocking. Yeah, you're blocking all the good functions of a protein that, that has one bad function. And uh, usually, you know, that's the case. And the other problem is, is true off targets where the drug doesn't go just to the protein it's supposed to go. It goes other places in the cell because, you know, drugs are designed to bind, you know, these small pockets in proteins that eh, you know they, they kind of all look alike depending on the pocket <laughs> depending yeah. on the pocket and right. so the, like you know, bromo domain right these bed yeah. inhibitors everyone's like ah oh. you know another thing you might just call a bed inhibitor um great works great in lab shuts down ducks for in lab it's just that pretty much every gene in the body's got a bet protein regulating it you yeah, know yeah. so you so know specificity these... is, a, is a huge problem so so these are sort of the major things that we worry about with small molecules but regardless yeah. you know history historically we this is uh but this is a very yeah um, it sounds like a disaster but actually these are like the best drugs these, out there. Yeah, yeah i mean yeah, this is like right. most of what you're taking when you go to the doctor yeah. and you get a prescription you hit hit yeah. right aid or whatever or restless and, uh, foot syndrome and you get suicidal thoughts when i mean sometimes well, that's the side effects effect. can be worse than the, <laughs> worse than the, i don't know have you ever had restless foot syndrome <laughs> I'm mean, like stupid like crazy. Well, I'm just saying, you know, it's just I don't I don't know. I'm not to make light of it, but yeah. I'm just saying that you know, there's nothing's perfect, right? right so right. but that's what it is. Small molecule, these little things synthesize in mass. Yeah. Um yeah. and uh you know, and and could be cheap. It depends on if you gotta take them all, you know, it's but in the end, you know, your health I don't think people are fussed about cost really, because no. Um, um, yeah, you can take them orally. They, oh, another thing that's really important about small molecules, they get taken up readily by cells. So delivery is not an issue. They right, get they're small they're and they just go right into the, so yeah. one thing you got to understand, right, your cell is surrounded by a membrane and, you know, they, and, and so you've heard about certain different things. There, there's blood brain barrier. These are kind of bigger barriers to get stuff. Yeah. We don't have that issue in FSHD. Basically the plasma membrane of the cell. Yeah. But the bottom line, look across. at, look at your cell. You are um, 10 to the 13th cells. <laughs> Someone did the math, counted, I guess. <laughs> The longest Sesame Street ever is when they counted the cells of the body and the count is still going. <laughs> 10 billion and 42. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. We're idiots. Yeah. Um, yes, we're going to cure you. Uh, so, so the point is you have 10 to the 13th cells, give or take a few. Some people got more, some people got less, you know who you are. And um, you got to get the drug or the molecule, whatever it is, into all those skeletal muscle right. cells. Which is the largest tissue in the body, basically. Yeah, so you got to get it into all of those cells. And a small molecule like Lesmobmat no goes problem. in. In general, well, you make the property so they're taken out. Right, Not everything right. gets taken Oh, and that's out. the other thing. There are these ADME properties for small molecules, What's which are well mean? established. So it stands for absorption, distribution, metabolism, and ex excretion. Excretion? excretion. Is it excretion or excretion? Uh, excretion. 
X something. X. Anyway, get rid of it. Basically, well, the idea is you want, <laughs> you want the drug to be absorbed. You want it to be distributed and get to the right place. You want it to be metabolized. Usually drugs start in inactive form and they become active in the body. And then you want you want to get rid of it so, when this job is done. So so think about this, right? You hear, you hear wow, man, you know, you saw a paper, breakthrough, and cured FSHD in a plate of cells in a dish is normally the case. That's often the breakthrough. And okay, so the drug didn't have to go through your digestive tract, right. and it didn't. It, didn't trust have to me, it got it, it got on the cells pretty good because the only cells in the, the dish. Well, then <laughs> if you're in a dish, though, the only thing oh, you yeah. got are muscle cells. Yeah, right. So liver's a sink, right? Oh, yeah, That's, yeah. You know, no, toxic, this, is, yeah. this is a problem with cell culture. So, so you can have a great drug in the lab. Yeah. And, and there's things head. you can do to make it better for there's formulations and stuff. But right. if it just ain't getting to the muscle, yeah. or what if it only, what if you're taking it last 10 minutes? You, you take six an hour? <laughs> it's just, you know, for the rest it becomes of very expensive. <laughs> but I mean, but these are the things. Yeah. This is how a drug can be like, spectacular in lab. Right. And even in mice, because in mice, in the end, they have different metabolism, different. But those pharmacokinetic and dynamic properties are really important. PKPD. PKPD. <laughs> You're going to hear that if you ever go, yeah, yeah, that, I mean, you hear PKPD, pharmacodynamics, pharmacokinetics. This is what specificity is what you get in the lab. PKPD is what tells you if it's going to work as but a drug. But there are well-established specific ways of, of doing these things and, and making uh, drugs better, you know, in, in terms of having right, drug-like properties. You can make them as good as they can right, be. Right, right. Which, which with biologics, you know, not small molecules, other forms of therapy, which we'll talk about in a second, um, you know, they're not so well-established. It's not so, not so easy. But the minute you touch a drug, you got to do safety again. So, so now you have something different because so now we're getting to there's things called repurposed drugs. So lasmapamod is a repurposed drug. Right. was already FDA approved yeah, for, for uh, what, 10, 10, 12 different indications. Yeah, most Very of them safe. developed for cardiovascular disease. Just so you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, there's been no, I don't think any trial that's even including, including this yeah, Fulcum trial, the, nope, the nope. Redux 4. No serious. Um, it seems to be a remarkably safe problems, drug. Right. Um, so that's not an issue. Right. Um, the issue has been in the other trials that didn't work. Yeah, efficacy. Efficacy has been the issue. Yeah. But if you said, okay, let's say it's working, but we want to tweak it a little bit to make it work a little better. Well, now you got to go back and redo this. All now it's not less mapamod anymore. Right. You got to do safe. Yeah. And so, so you're you're you'd be inclined to stick with it. That's the fastest path to, to fastest path to clinic. Good but enough. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good enough. Right. So it's good enough. Good enough. All right. Well, that's a terrible name for a drug. <laughs> good enough. Show enough. <laughs> I like that. Good enough. Good. Good enough. Good enough. We're gonna call that. But sadly, that is that is true, you know. And, uh, yeah, it is. It is fast. But that's an idea. So repurpose a drug. How about better than nothing? How about that better for the name nothing. of a drug? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're a patient, that's what you're thinking. I mean, that's what I'm seeing online everywhere. People yeah. are arguing. They say, "No, this thing kind of sucks." Not, I'm not seeing people a lot of benefit. Well, you know, well, we got nothing else. It's not hurting. And um, I guess we're kind of doing a long lost mop mop. I'm not really trying to. The point is small molecule, but you know, there's reason. So we get to clinic. So would you rather wait a couple more years and spend? tens to maybe hundreds of millions tens of millions of dollars maybe you know small molecule or maybe it's 10 million dollars seven to ten million dollars to get the through all the tox studies again and then then you have to do phase one yeah and redo it or to say hey we have something that looks good enough yeah and as hopefully it it works. some benefit then it, then and provide some nothing. benefit and yeah. there's nothing out there so that's cool right but that's the difference between repurpose which is different because almost everything we're going to talk about after this except for the stem cells if we get that far and exosomes and whatever that term right. and whatever um, <laughs> are going to be FSHD specific drugs. Right. 
because the lasmapamod mod was not designed with FSHD in mind. It was a cancer drug or something. Yeah, well, it? yeah, it was a cardiovascular disease. Cardiovascular yeah. disease, something. Yeah. Um, right, so it's repurposed, and that's great because you skip a lot of steps, safe, and if it works, I mean, you saved a lot of time and money, and everybody with FSHD knows time matters. Every day you're getting worse, so it's every day you, you get it closer, it's great. Right? Yeah, absolutely. 2023. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, gotta, no, no, no. Okay. Well, we just... <laughs> No, we just, but the only, you know, I'm sorry. The only reason I bring that up is, is patience. And maybe you're one of these people, if you're newly diagnosed, you haven't quite gotten there yet. But if you've been diagnosed 20 years ago, you just have your fingers in the ears because you've heard it before. Yeah. We're going to have a cure in five years. Yeah. We're going to have a cure in five years. We're always going to have a cure in five years. Yeah, Go look right. at the fascio, <laughs> why should I knock fascio and say, we're going to, oh, you know, we're, we're going to be in clinic instead of putting a date on it, you just say in two years because you're always two years away from clinic i guess yeah just keep changing the two years the point is that it matters to people because they just you start tuning out right because now some now really good stuff's coming i'm thrilled as map mods in clinic i'm great thrilled it's going to phase three but you know the resolve fshd money and the current funding from the other foundations has, has developed a whole bunch of other technology that and 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 what's been going it's been slower and you guys have been pissed i know because what's taken so long? Well, because the rest of the time we've been making FSHD-specific drug, designer drug. This drug is designed for FSHD, and with everything about it, all the weirdness, you guys are all weird. You know, FSHD is a weird disease. I mean, it is. It's just a weird disease. We can get into that a little bit, but these next things coming are FSHD-specific molecules, but you can even have FSHD-specific small molecules, right? Yeah. I mean, so yeah, yeah, and um, you know, there's a lot. So, so one of the things that, that happened, you know, uh, roughly ten years ago, is uh, we we actually had a real target, which is which is Dux4. You know, Dux4 is the pathogenic protein that gets misexpressed in adult skeletal muscle, and uh, you know, eventually, I, the model is that it, you, your cells accumulate enough uh, pathology. Um, should I stop? So one of the great things about uh, about uh, knowing that Dux4 is is our uh, therapeutic target well, is that well, really... so let's just sorry you know I'm going to interrupt you because that's <laughs> what I do I'm, I'm horrible at this because you mentioned Dux4 I mean I think it's the first time Dux4 has come up oh and you, we just had the podcast this is a very the... educated audience why well, not I know but I just wanted the thing is people the question what's taken so long and Curtis just hit on this exactly I think this is what. I won't no want to speak for it. Well, no, I always speak. speak. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Sorry, I'm the worst. I know. Um, <laughs> but we didn't have a target for FSHD until 2010. And I honestly don't think pe really people really were on board fully till maybe 2014, 2015. Yeah, I think when. Such a weird protein. <laughs> right. The, you know, one of the key, you know, so the, the 2010 Lemmers page. So, you know, Alexander Belayev, and check out our podcast before this with an interview with her on the discovery of Ducks 4. I mean, that went late 90s through, you know, it must have been at least a 10 plus year journey to convince people Ducks 4 exists. Right. Then another. Just another, that it exists. Just that it exists. Then another five years to determine that it, it might have something to do with FSHD. Right. You know, and so, and then, um, well, then what we had is, uh, I think one of the key papers, so the Lemmers paper in 2010, yeah. and science paper, the genetics, mm -hmm. you know, the unifying theory. And then a really great one, though, was 2000, and was that 2014, the Yao paper from Stephen Tapscott's lab with Silver Van der Merle and, and, and Robbie Twill showed that the, the key 
signature, what made what really made FSHD muscle stand out was was a Dux4 signature. Basically, what Dux4 does, it turns on a bunch of genes, and you see Dux4 activated genes in FSHD muscle, and you don't see that in the healthy muscle. And and this was huge because that, at least that for us, that and then also with our flex mouse model of, of, of Dux4 showing that you have this catastrophic myopathy. Right. All, so you're really looking at 2014-15 where you actually have a target. Right, therapeutic targets. Therapeutic yeah. targets. So that's actually a key thing. So we're, so we're not talking about, we're not going back to the 1800s. Hey, I've been working on it since the 1800s when that was first described. Or even... You know the Duchenne DMD that was first described, and you know there's the you know Luke Kunkel cloned the gene in I think it was '87. They cloned the gene, and cloned the dystrophin, something like that. Correct me, I'm sure. <laughs> Get online and correct me. I'm pretty sure it was '87 because they recently had like the 30 year anniversary. Mm, but yeah. anyway, all these other you know you have to have a target, and so because lizomapamod doesn't exist, I mean because if you, if you don't know what what are you looking for? So you, you and so expression of Dux4 is the target, and you know you know Alexandra got us you know got us going on that, and then a number of groups you know have, have gotten. And now we got a target. So right. that's that's I just kind of wanted to because not everybody's gonna listen to all the podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Or even this far in this one, but uh, <laughs> but again, Dux4 getting a target is key. And I guess maybe we should have started, but getting a target. Right. And I'll tell you, you know, I got, I was kind of rough on maybe some of the foundations early on. We got there because of. The work from you know funded by the FSH Society and Dan Perez, and then a lot of the subsequent work, the really powerful work, was done by friends of FSH and Terry and Rick Colella and their fantastic foundation, really funded the Tapscott Lab and that effort, you know, to find to kind of prove Ducks for and do a lot of clinical stuff. Yeah, yeah. So the foundation's built. So you know, Chip comes in now with the solve money. That's great. But the reason he's coming in with $100 million right now is because of all the work funded by your $10 and $20 donations, the work by the FSHD Society, the work by Friends of FSHD, right. the work by FSHD Global. So we don't want to kind of make no, sure. No. I just wanted to make sure I kind of got a little off. You know me. I get a little off track. But the work done by the Chris Carino Foundation, FSHD Canada Foundation, AMI FSH, you know, all these foundations around the world. You guys built you built an, an, an enough information and enough yeah. and, and that it uh, accumulated the knowledge. Yeah, and that's the best thing foundations do is well, to fund these early risky studies that a lot of well, us can't get funding for from, from NIH. And that allowed Fulcrum to say, hey, we want to work on FSHD right. you, because right. the thing is you know what you're Once talking about. Once you have about. a target, then you know, now companies you, get interested. Then industry is interested. And so then now industry is interested. So you got yeah. the target. So the field and the, you know all of your donations got us there. The foundations got us there. And now Chip, you know, Chip wants to carry us over the line. But it's actually still important that everybody continues with the foundation yeah. work because yeah. there's always stuff that we need to always be driving forward. The more we know, the better. Well, I would actually make the case. Kind of we're getting off track a little bit, but you know, it's actually the time to put the put your foot on the gas even more because now we have an op unprecedented opportunity. Right. Don't blow it by saying, okay, the job's done. Yeah, the job's yeah. not done. So anyway, we're getting back. We got a target. So now the, the key is you got a target. Well, now you can start to understand the target. And this is a, a, a dominant disease, meaning gain of function over expression of ducts four. So you're, you're knocking it down. Right. So that's, that's very different, goal. right? Yeah, very different. Than other diseases, than right? Other muscle diseases. Where, where something's not being made properly and you really have to restore a function. We're trying to get rid of a, you know, a, a toxic function, essentially, in the skeletal muscles. So. So, so this makes it amenable to a lot of therapies. A lot of things. Not and, just small molecules, right. right? And the thing is, Dux4 is a transcription factor, which is basically a protein that turns on other other genes that encode proteins and uh, and other things. And so, you know, it's, it tends to be very powerful uh, because it has this, this role. And... Uh, 
the therapeutic targets, you know, are, are not just Dux4, they're upstream of Dux4. You know, what, what actually causes Dux4 to be turned on? Can we target those things and turn them off? So, so P38 is upstream. But there's there's tons of proteins right, upstream. There's a right. whole, whole bevy, yeah. we'll say, of therapeutic targets upstream of Dux4. Every, every, that's one of the reasons we do mechanism in the lab. Yeah. So the fundamental science to the, how is Dux4 regulated or misregulated in FSHD? I look at it as every time we figure out an important factor in Dux4 expression, that's a therapeutic target. Yeah. We're really figuring out what, what are the targets and, and which ones are, are, are better than others. You know, so there's well, that's right, because not every target's not equal. every target's equal. And there Some are targets are downstream of, of Dux4 because it causes a whole host of pathological changes. The problem with that, in in our opinion, um, I think we feel the same way on you this. You can say is, your opinion. Don't, don't, don't throw <laughs> don't me under the bus. Feel, yeah. but... <laughs> don't throw me under the bus. You're giving your pretend opinion. Pretend I don't know how you feel. I'll talk for us, but you talk for yourself. Yeah. Go ahead. What, what's your standard. opinion? Yeah, my opinion. <laughs> Is that you know, and it was brought up. I think I think Steve Tapscott was the one who said, "Is it death by a thousand cuts?" You know, is it is it one thing? Which of these pathological changes downstream of duck spore expression is truly path causing pathology? So so, so what you're getting at is that, and and then don't don't accuse me of mansplaining, please. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sorry. I was you know, someone was saying, "Oh yeah, you know, you explain. You're telling me to explain some things for the for the girl." <laughs> She should be she what a woman's playing. You can you can explain it. Just you know, you know it's, sorry, I'm just I'm not I'm not trying to change what you're saying. I just, oh, fine. Go ahead. just wanted elaborate. to elaborate yes, as yes. on on the point, being that from a, there's a lot of work in the lab that has shown if you add ducts four to cells, they die right. or you increase oxidative stress right. or you develop or you get um uh the NMD, which is nonsense mediated decay, is disrupted. There's all these things that we know that are disrupted in a cell that expresses Dux4 that are all bad in the lab. Right. So the question is, and and you can target a lot of these with drugs. So you can have a, you know, a, with a apoptosis blocking drug or a, you know whatever. Immunosuppression, yeah, right? Immun you have an immune response. And you correct so. that particular problem in the lab. So the question is, if you have, if if all these activities of Dux4 cumulatively lead to pathology and you and you have a therapy that takes out one so right. instead of dying by a thousand knives you die by 999 knives yeah. <laughs> right. that's the point that's so the question, so yeah. even though you know that we have immunosuppressants and you know that you can they're safe and you can put them in and they may work as good as they can right is it going to help over the long haul that's the question in, that, in actual patients not in not in cells, right. so not even in, in the best case now you might just say that Okay, you've knocked out one of the one of the bad. Things. Now, now it could also be that you knocked out the key one. Yeah. Maybe it's death by one it's giant lucky, knife. But that, that would be, you know, a, really a stroke of luck because we don't know which, which those, one. Which one? Yeah. None of us in the field knows. You know, but you get these grants. You get, you get these grants all the time that say it's that they're going the to problem. study this one narrow thing, right. and they say, and then in success we will cure the disease. I mean, yeah, you see this in every not. field. I know. I, mean, I know. Yeah. And it's like, nah, no, you know, you. Maybe you have, maybe you have. This is why we favor therapeutic targets that are Dux4 or higher. You know, everything that turns on Dux4 or Dux4 expression itself. Dux4, mRNA, because protein, those, right. If you get rid of that, you will get rid of all the downstream effects, which, you know, whichever ones are more important than Are you going to get better? better? Well, we hope so. There's every reason well, to Well, you that, shouldn't uh, get worse. You shouldn't get worse, yeah. But you may get better, you may not. At least you got to stop the leaking. I think it depends leaking. on the, the, the uh, stage at which you're at. If I, I would say a really advanced dystrophy, it's very unlikely that you'll get well, better. So, so but if at you least got, you'll stop, the, you'll plateau. So let's say you got a hole in the boat, right? And you're sinking. You're taking on water and you're sinking. So some of these therapies, like myostatin inhibition, we can talk about that. We're going to have time to talk about any of these. We're going to be going on and on. Um, myostatin inhibition, that is the ACE83 
This is a molecule that blocks the signaling pathway. It's a small molecule, blocks a pathway so that your muscles don't know to stop growing. So they just keep, you, know, you get these big muscles that are not as, you don't get strength, but you get mass, it turns out, right? right. Um, and so the idea is you're bailing the boat out faster than you're sinking. And that's the idea there. You're not fixing the problem, but you're bailing right. the boat out faster. Now, some of these therapies are going to fix, you shut down ducks four, you get rid of ducks four, mRNA, protein, whatever. You've now fixed the hole in the boat but you don't necessarily bail it out. You right. may just be stuck halfway sunk. Right. Maybe, maybe it'll just pump itself out. And that is a problem with a dominant negative disease. You know, every cell, no matter what stage your muscle is in or how good it feels, every cell in an FSHD patient's body, um, every muscle cell has the potential to express ducts for at any time at some level. And, uh, you know, uh, making more of a more muscle or hypertrophic muscle, bigger muscles that all have that intrinsic problem doesn't sound like a great Solution, so even for like cell therapy, yeah, right? You yeah. say, you just say, just give me, a, you know, there's the mentality out there and there's nothing wrong with it. The mentality of it took me 50 years to get to where I am now. Just give me a bunch of, just crank about muscle back up and give me 50 more years. Don't have to fix it. Just pump in some stem cells and go. And then maybe that would help and then maybe it would make things worse. I mean, we, we don't know. So <laughs> well, it's not, there's, there's some other problems. <laughs> yeah, to that. there we are problems, talk. which we'll talk about later. So, okay, we did small molecule. What do you got next on the jet? What do you got next? Yeah, so another big uh, avenue of therapy. We, we had a CRISPR episode, so we can save that for later or get to that real yeah, quickly. Yeah, maybe we'll but, touch on gene But let's therapy. talk about uh, oligonucleotide therapies. Let's talk about so RNA what's an, and what's an oligonucleotide? Uh, Mansplained it. What is it? <laughs> an oligonucleotide, it's a long word, but it's, it just means DNA or RNA you know, in, in some form. Well, short, right. A short piece, a strand of DNA or like RNA. 20 of them stranded together. Yeah, now they're not very stable on their own. So they tend, tend to need chemical modification to give them more drug-like properties. Basically, they'll be stable. They'll get through the, you know, the liver and uh, actually get to the muscle. Are you going to take these orally? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Um, at this point, people are doing injections. Um, okay, I, we're getting ahead of it. What, yeah. what, what are these things? So, what are these things going to do? Yeah. So, uh, they they can do a bunch of things, but let's let's talk about FSHD specific ones since we yeah, did, we we did about, promise FSHD specific drugs. So, uh, these would be um, pieces of DNA generally that uh, uh, in most cases Nat that, synthetic or not, synthetic, something modified. Okay. That recognize uh, ducts four, the actual you know some part of the gene. The and, actual uh, gene or the. Uh, mRNA. In some cases, the actual gene. In some cases, the mRNA. So sometimes depending. the DNA. Yeah. You guys all remember, so, right? So, so keeping it high level, we don't want to get too lost. DNA in the to RNA to protein. Right. So you have the ducts for gene, which is the DNA the in your genome. That's great. Prevent it from making RNA. Yeah. Or if you can target the RNA and get it to be cut up in some fashion, that's great too. Okay, then you never get ducts for protein. Right. Or you can target the protein itself, but probably not with oligo. No, not with that would be small molecules. Right. Or okay. maybe, so we're just or maybe DNA aftermers. I was, uh, see, I, was gonna, I, I was wondering <laughs> if you were thinking about that. I, I was waiting for you to say so that. That's a new thing. To, tell yeah. me I was wrong, but you got me. Yeah, okay, so. you got me. So we mentioned that ducks. She knows everything, uh, Sue. I told you. So. Uh, they're not even listening anymore. Ducks <laughs> I'm not listening anymore. <laughs> Let's talk about them, please. Wow. But ducks four is a transcription factor, and what transcription factors do is they they bind to specific DNA sequences, um, you know, in regulatory regions of their target genes to regulate them in some fashion, turn them on, turn them off, this sort of thing. And so uh, some clever people decided, hey, why can't we make DNA binding site decoys? Basically, short pieces of DNA that are exactly the same sequence as uh, Duck Swore's, you know, native binding sites. Was it was this doing so? Was she? Uh, was this Julie's lab or? Uh, Julie's lab did do. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if you would call them aftermers. Um, definitely DNA binding site decoys. Yeah, that they essentially the idea and, is you, and she tested those. You flood the system. Yeah. So if it's gonna tell so your genome's only you got a few ducks, you got a few 
You got ducts for um, target genes around the genome. You got, you know, a thousand molecules of ducts for floating around the cells. Yeah. And you just give them a whole bunch of these binding sites that are just fake, yeah, right? She uh, yeah, she uh, Yeah. Well, um, but that's, you know, that's, maybe delivery is uh, not so nice, but, uh, <laughs> but, but the but idea it is it you actually swamp. in vivo, it actually served to, to not. Right, you can swamp it out because ducts 4 is going to bind the DNA. It doesn't care where it is. And if it binds DNA, it's just floating around the cell instead of the actual gene. Right. It never finds its target to turn on. And it's, uh, Right, right. Yeah. So, so yeah, so in principle, you know, great, clever idea. So yeah, yeah so that's, that is that is one way that uh, so so yeah. That's in, one in principle, way we can we can actually block well, that's kind of You know, mRNA, DNA, protein. You know, what's the mRNA? The mRNA is what everybody everybody's gonna kind of has heard about this because Dyne Therapeutics, Arrowhead, Avidity, all these guys are gonna go. They're telling us they're gonna go to clinic this year with um, antisense oligos AONs for FSHD. Tell us about that. Well, why don't you tell us so that you can keep us on the right level? Because I don't want to get too technical, and, and there's different ways never, to do it. I, I don't like to step I'll in talk your about feet what's and wrong explain with it. things. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I've tried this before. Let me tell you, I just I people I, I, I people I, I get I can I can see their glazed looks through the through their phones right now. It you know it's a sequence. It binds to the duct spore oh. mRNA and uh, causes right, so, the cells you know native pathways to. So remember, DNA <laughs> is made up CTAG. Those are your four bases. Oh, we're gonna right? start with that. You're gonna start. Well, I just want to say it's just you know until you have a DNA specific sequence that makes up and it translates into a protein that makes the duct spore protein, right? What uh, and it has a directionality to it. DNA is double strand, but RNA's got a single. So it's got a direction. CATG whatever. And it goes that way. So what these antisense do is they go the other direction and they have a complementary sequence. So a C always binds to a G, a T, which actually is a U in RNA, always binds to an A. And so this is, so you can basically, you can make up a sequence, synthetic sequence that will find in the genome, it's complement. So that where every G, C, T, you know, U is gonna bind. And the wet's are get to the weeds. And this is an antisense and it finds that. And it can block its function. It can cause it to be destroyed or degraded. Um, there's all sorts of things you can, but basically, it's a very specific. It should be very specific because if you put 18 of these in a row, right. now you got four to the 18th. We're going to do our Sesame Street episode again and <laughs> count up <laughs> to four to the 18th, right? Because because two bases in a row is four times four specificity. Four times four times four, three bases in a row. So you know you put 18 of these in a row, and you really should be targeting one molecule in the genome. We know that's not actually how it works because things find things to bind and then but this is antisense so you make something that is going to find the ducts for mrna or, or the dna and and seek it out so did, did i do okay yeah that's great that's yeah. okay oh, lots okay. of weeds yeah perfect. Well, you, know, you ask for it you always you know you, you know just ask okay so. so so what are the advantages of this approach um you know there's really no chemical optimization that's required whereas with a drug you would have to you know well, no, wait, I, I i i beg to differ now there's chemical optimization, but not with the sequence. The sequence is the sequence, you know. Well, but you what's don't the best sequence? To... How do you get the best sequence? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> empirically determined. <laughs> well, you know what, Alexander Bailey, Bailey of man, you know, it's just I, I, I feel horrible. I've said her name wrong for twenty years. Is <laughs> the the W is a V? Alexander Bailey right came up with antisense against the polyadenylation. Yeah, signal. back in two thousand eleven. She was the first. She was the first. And that's the one I think that Dine is might be. I don't know. I have nothing confidential that I can say, but I'm pretty sure that, that might be the one that Dine's taking the clinic. Seems likely. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so so an antisense. Okay, so this has been around for a while. Yeah. So so there are computer programs that will pick out, but you could also just empirically figure it out. What's the best sequence? Make them all and figure it out. 
yeah, there are structure prediction or, uh, you know, well, there are structure prediction programs for these things, because even though they're, you know, strands, um, DNA has secondary structure, you know, bases, as Pete says, you know, kind of bind to each other and they can form hairpins and weird things that affect the ability of these things to function. So, so yeah, structure prediction programs. I mean, you know, well, and also there's going to be chemistry. How do you link these together? Because right, they're going to be the cells thing. don't like them. So right. that's, that's, so that's so, where the chemical optimization comes so, in. So there's yeah. two places, right? There's two things. This is what makes all these companies different and they all have the best technology. Just ask them. And, and somebody's right. Um, and maybe it's best for FSHD or maybe it's best for something else, but the technologies are going to be, you figure out the sequence, but then how you chemically link the bases together can be different. And this will get to stability, also cost and durability. How long was the half-life of the molecule? How long do they last? And then when you're starting to change the backbone, changing the yep. chemically so changing chemical modifications to the yeah to the actual. And then uh, the other part that's key. Modifications. What's the other key part? Oh, it has to be conjugated to a carrier so that that's, it gets into the muscle. See, that's you a see, huge problem. You know, I never can get you. That's so, but that but that's the other thing. Getting this to all your muscle cells. Right. And hopefully maybe not to your non-muscle cells. Right. So yeah, yeah, because we talked about small oh, molecules, no. they just get into cells, no problem. You don't have to do anything special. But but yeah, these these oligonucleotide drugs require some kind of carrier, usually a peptide, which is a short protein sequence, or a, or an antibody, um, which you know is, is specific for targeting skeletal. So you muscle. got your antisentio, put on this glob of goo that's going to say it's gonna get into the muscle. It's going to say I'm going to find muscle, and that's all I'm going to find, and it's going to help it get in and out. But that's actually that's huge. the idea. But companies are working on this. There's at least a couple that that uh, have developed well, the, yeah. you know these kinds of. Uh, but that's huge. It's cost. It's also cost, not just safety. Right. Right. But cost, if all of this goes to the liver. Yeah, it's useless. Yeah, who yeah. cares, right? That's right. Liver's fine in FSHD. That's right. So you get something. So now you can add less. So now you have a therapeutic dose that's smaller because it's all everything you put in is going to the skeletal muscle. And hopefully. Right. Right. And now maybe it's more costful. But then also these, these linkages are going to affect how stable it. So now you're thinking, okay, you're taking your, your pill twice twice a day. Well, these injections, is this going to be once a week, once a month, once every six months, once yeah, a year? Right. No one knows. Right? No one knows. Yeah. But uh, we should also point out that these types of oligonucleotide drugs have been approved by the FDA for a number of other indications. Neuromuscular diseases. Including, yeah, like a Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Well, so that's, this is that's SMA, right? right? Isn't this SMA drug uh, antisense, isn't it? Oh, maybe. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. But, uh, you know, mostly for liver and eye indications, those are easier things to, to deliver to. But but the fact that, yeah, that uh, this is being taken seriously, there are a number of uh, pharma companies working on it for oh, sorry, FSHD. So seriously, I, I, I would say it's in a great stage of development. I would say I, I I don't know this for a fact, but my impression is this is the number one therapeutic approach yeah. in FSHD. Yeah, it is. In fact, I would say FSHD is the ideal disease for antisense yeah. oligonucleotide therapies. Whether it is whatever, all these different flavors of it, because you got to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And getting rid of it actually is not bad. You don't have to worry about getting rid of too much. Right, right. You take it down 50%, great. You take it down 20, 75%, yeah. 100%, better. 100%, great. 100% <laughs> yeah. even better. Yeah. You don't have to, you got to get rid of something you don't want. Right. You um, can, so that's, that's actually unusual. And, and there's, and it's amenable to all of these different, so yeah, you can PAS, but the whole ducts for open reading frame, the coding region upstream, there's a lot of potential targets along there. So you have a lot of targets. It's only, you know, it's a great thing to knock down. Um, it's it's not in uh, the brain. Why would that be a problem, right? Right. Because right. brain brain brains are hard to target. So yeah. Oddly enough, skeletal muscle. I guess liver and blood are easier. Oh, liver is extremely easy. Blood is easy. Eye is easy. Yeah, those are which is why brains hard. Those are the first things you know that people uh, test these things. Yeah, for. Brain and heart are hard. Yep.
but we don't need brain or heart. Nope. You can, you can, be, you can be dumb and cold in that <laughs> position. No, that's not, I don't want to say that. You, you don't need it. a brain or heart. No, no brain, your brain, hopefully your brain's not affected. Um, uh, if, if anything, it's positively affected. I've known so many um, spectacularly smart people with FSHD. It makes me feel like an idiot, but I'm not trying, not pandering. It's actually true. Um, you know, it's, uh, whatever, getting off track. Um, the, with the nervous system, you don't have to target, you don't have to orbit the heart. You know, you're just targeting skeletal muscle. You're knocking down something, antisense oligonucleotides. This is the ideal disease for this technology. The technology is, in my opinion, um, the technology is in clinic for other neuromuscular diseases like right. Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Which is very encouraging. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it means and, this is probably going to be a thing at some point. <laughs> well, the question, the question. So what's the question? So the what's question, your question? Well, we, we talked about that. You know, we promised um, a cold, hard look at what are the challenges? What, what, what's you're just, you're the person to, to the do it. If I've learned anything. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> So delivery, we, we talked about delivery. And yes, there are um, ways that companies are developing to make these things, you know, get into the muscle better. They still need to be better than they are. So I think everyone agrees. Well, we don't actually those... know where they are. We just know the publicly available data, but, but they would be in clinic right if now. If they just were... the academic papers that have been published, yeah, I think yeah. it's it's a it's pretty um, much a consensus that delivery still needs to be worked out. So the, the chemistry is getting better um, for delivery, but it still needs some work. So we're, we're getting those, you know, add me properties. So what, about, what about the dose? What dose do you need? I would imagine extremely high. And the question is, is, is the dose you need for efficacy going to be too high, you know, so high that it causes other problems? You know, so you want, that's At what some you point, want. you can only put so much of something. You in, want the right? lowest effective dose. You need to have, you need to have water, but you can drown. Right. You know, I mean, you know. Right. So, I mean, because 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 FSHD is so OK, but these are in clinics, so it's, a, it's not a problem. Or what's the difference in FSHD? I'm, I'm, I'm well, so, to give you... so every um, oligonucleotide therapeutic is going to be different and each one needs to be rigorously tested in terms of specificity and safety and all of that, because, um, you know, we talked about uh, these things, you know, match a, a particular sequence somewhere in DUX4, the DNA or the or the RNA. And uh, well, you know, this is a problem with CRISPR too, you know, which relies on guide RNAs, short RNA sequences that match the target somewhere in the genome. And, uh, you know, they're not perfect. You know, they're going to bind to similar sequences. Nature finds a way. Nature finds a way. And, and, and those sequences are going to bind at some low rate to similar sequences elsewhere. Are they going to cause problems elsewhere? Are you going to get yeah. chopped up RNA for some gene that you really need? So this is where specificity has to be addressed. So, and thus far, the studies that have been published have been pretty uh, so, so, light on the specificity. Well, and and uh, as they tend to be for journal papers, I know when we request specificity to be addressed. Yeah, only a couple have really addressed yeah. global changes in um, But But specificity, though, changes because specificity will be concentration dependent. Not to skip again back into it, but you can say at this dose, it's very specific. Right. But is that dose enough to knock down ducks for? Because right. this gets to the weird. This point. is how FSHD yeah, is different than Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Right. Right. Can you get it at the levels that you need to get this into the muscle cells to knock down ducks for? Yep. Now, 99% of your cells aren't expressing ducks for, but they're going to have to have but enough. They might. But they're, time. they're going to have to have <laughs> enough antisense in them yeah. that when it gets turned on, they're and able immediately to, to gets, activate. Right. Right. And so in the meantime, they're just, what are they doing specificity wise? Yeah. And that's right. So, so it's, and this is what I meant about dosing is that, so in Duchenne, none of your cells have dystrophin and they all need dystrophin. So 
if you have an antisense that causes exon skipping, and now you got 10% dystrophin. So all your cells have 10% dystrophin. That's a huge win. Right. That's great. Right. Right. Yep. Small makes up next New York Times. Good enough. For, <laughs> for <laughs> Not that that's any level anymore of uh, <laughs> brilliance, but whatever. You know, it's it's there. So, um, but uh, you got to get our science oh, yeah. news somewhere else. I mean, um, sorry, but but anyway, it's but but that's the point. The point is, it's big news. It, it truly is a win. Yeah. To say that ten um, percent. Now, if you knock down, if all the cells, well knock down 10% of ducks for it, that's a lose. That's a loss. Right. It didn't work. Right. Right. I yeah. Mean, well, yeah. Know. It's tougher. It's, it's a tougher thing to, to do. And uh, yeah. So, so you that have a to... small number of cells expressing a hundred percent of the fruit. So, yeah. So, and this gets to how you do stuff now, again, the mouse models and the cell culture, we know the anti-sense works, right? It works in the cell culture dish. It works in the mouse. Right. The person, a person is a different beast. It is. An actual person. It's literally a different beast. We are. <laughs> it's That's very profound. You know, I, well, well, so. Tell us more. Well, it's interesting because I was very mad. I used to have this posted in my office back when I was in Illinois. The first review I got from MDA, Muscular Dystrophy Association, on our first FSHD grant. Ever. I was so, well, I mean, it wasn't funded, so it was, but I sent this grant in. We worked on xenopus and we actually showed that ducks force catastrophic for vertebrate muscle development and the review i got in the frog in the frog well you know well, and later in the mouse but what um smart guy i just uh, tell you what the <laughs> this is <laughs> this is what i do right um and the review said muscular dystrophy is a uniquely human condition frogs are not human therefore you are not working on muscular dystrophy and I was infuriated. <laughs> yeah, they're right. <laughs> then why are you funding mouse studies? Though, like my my take home message is mice are human. I guess, um, or you're. <laughs> but I mean, better. but there is something about that though that says, you know. Yeah, but you can't do these experiments different. in humans. Right. You learn what pretty, you can. That's why I was pissed. In more amenable organisms. But but, but it does at make the end it, of the day. The key is, is what you're studying in the animal system. Are you recapitulating the human system right. and what's wrong? And I, I, I see this all the time that that is not the case in the field. You have a low level of ducts four expressed in all these cells, and then you put in your antisense and it knocks down. Right. Well, so what? We yeah. know that works. Is the that, question is that what happens is, in human muscle? Yeah, we know that's not what happens. <laughs> yeah. The question is, if 1% of the cells are expressing 100% of the protein, can you reach 100% of the cells? Not knowing which one, not being able to target right. just that one. Reach them all, <laughs> with, reach a, them with, all. A, with a dose. That's enough to knock down right. that one. Yeah. Without screwing something Without else Without screwing up. something else That's up, why right. they're not in clinic. Exactly. And that's that's the tough part. Yeah. Well, luckily, we have the, the Flex FSHD mouse is perfect mouse for doing those experiments if they use the mouse correctly, which not everyone does. But, you know, not that I'm annoyed with that by any stretch of the imagination because <laughs> it's difficult to do the right experiment we'd rather do the quick and easy experiment but that's the works um okay so we've done anti-sense i think you know this is dying this is arrowhead this is avidity i'm sorry if i'm leaving anybody out um but uh, man avidity, I, I just dying um arrowhead miracle oh yeah miracle oh sorry about that miracle that's those guys are great yeah it's uh sorry about that but i mean yeah, these are all they all have different levels of different chemistries different linkages 
I got to think something's going to work. Yeah, I actually yeah. love the technology. Something's going to go. Yeah, yeah I do. I just, Honestly, I think, I, cool. it, I don't know about the tox and the dosing and, yeah. and the cost. There's and a, immunogenicity and toxicity, oh, you know, okay. the carriers, we'll, we'll the conjugates, you know, on, there's, there's all those things. But this is going to be common to a lot of these treatments. But they'll you know, get fixed. They'll, they'll, they'll figure it out. out. Yeah. My, I, I'm a big yeah. believer in, I know I know a lot of the scientists and a lot of the brains and more people. And then again, this is something that, that chips money. The solve FSHD money can do is to say, hey, this just comes down to technology. Oh, okay. We just need to, you know, this is where investment in some of these pharmas might be enough to push them over the edge. Yeah. To say, instead of going linearly, maybe take, maybe go in parallel and figure out, I don't know what they're doing. I'm not, I can't speak for them, but just conceptually, when you see that, you know, the, the fun, you know, yeah, that's what could, money can do. Could this is where money could, right. could actually Make push them. You know, maybe these companies don't want to work or they got their own proprietary stuff and whatever, you know, whatever. I'm not a business guy, but. <laughs> But th I love the technology. I think FSHD is the perfect disease for it. And I'm really hopeful that this will, uh, I want to see more things, right? More, more, more shots on goal, as Neil Camarda always likes to say. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know how you do this. Uh, talk all day. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been, I've, uh, that's been brought to my attention. That all I do is talk all day. You know, it's, uh, it's easy. But it's worth it if it helps people. Well, hopefully, you know, hopefully something, for, for that one something we say is making for that, sense. For that one person listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I know, and we heard for you from you, and thank you for your thank yeah. you for your note. Thank you for your nice note. <laughs> and I don't mean to be that's actually generally true. We, you know, because we thought no one of us. Yeah, yeah. And so we thought, yeah, if we figure, if we help one person figure things out, help you understand things better, because you're the stakeholder, then then cool, and that's why we're doing it. And I, I honestly, you know, it sounds too, you know, we're laughing, we're having, but actually. We're, we're the, I don't know what you're doing. My brain's on, man. I mean, oh yeah. Well, we're thinking. I mean, you start thinking. What are the things we are always? You know, we have this fun banter in the lab, but we're always shooting. This is where CRISPR came from, right? Our idea, just shooting ideas around, talking about. So, what's going on in the field? What's out there? What do they need? Where are the holes? And this is what we do. Yeah, we do yeah. this. This is this is why you don't want to go to dinner with us, <laughs> <laughs> or go to the gym. bore you to tears. <laughs> bore you to tears. Those science nerds. You know, um, and we think we're funny, but you no, know, whatever. That doesn't really matter. <laughs> Other people think, but 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 that's the point, right? We, what you know, what what's the, what's going on? So we talk small molecules. We talk to antisense because we're we're not like pro or against anything. We want we. I think it's going to be combinatorial therapies. Some of these therapies are going to work for some people. Some aren't going to work for others. Yep. You can't just have one you know, arrow in the quiver or whatever they might say. I don't know what they're thinking. But yeah. Whatever. You want to have more. More is better. More approaches. Some are going to be better. And so we've covered a couple. So we have we done CRISPR. Right. So we're not going to do CRISPR again, but right. maybe gene therapy. Why don't you tell yeah. us about gene therapy? Yeah, let's talk about gene therapy. So, so gene therapy is basically, you know, can we deliver something therapeutic in some kind of vehicle that's going to get it to where you need it in your body? And for FSHD, that's skeletal muscle. We need to get something to the but all specifically going to be a nucleic acid yes yeah, right? right oh right sorry sorry so so something encoded in a dna form yeah and so what is the delivery vehicle of choice and i would say by far and away so that's um, the two things delivery vehicle and cargo and cargo right so delivery right. vehicle could be good for them all the different cargos right Right. CRISPR is one of the cargoes, but the vehicle is the key. So the vehicle is the key, and so so what is the vehicle? And, Back to our ten to the thirteenth cells. You got to get it to all your muscle yeah. cells. and the gold standard right now is um, adeno-associated virus recombinant uh, viral vectors. These are uh, taken from real virus, but it's been uh, disabled to to make it safe. And so essentially, it's just being used as a as a package. So so. For the just, just to be clear, you, okay, so you're inject going to get injected with a virus. That doesn't sound great. Oh, um, vaccines. <laughs> 
Well, but the vaccine stimulated immune response again doesn't sound great. <laughs> yeah, people take them all the time. I love these things. Anyway, but, you know, I mean, you're gonna approach us. I think they're lining up. Crazy. <laughs> they probably already got it. Yeah. That's a different. Well, that's another problem. We'll get into that. <laughs> so, yeah. But no, but I mean, so, but this one's safe. Right. That's what. That's what I was saying. It's, it's been. Well, it's it's basically been. Uh, but it's completely, um, you know, incapacitated of of its pathogenic function. It's not infectious. It really is just. Well, what do you mean, not infectious? How'd you get infectious. in? How'd you get into things then? Well, you give it replicating. It's not replicate. Well, sorry. Well, maybe <laughs> sorry, replication and confident. <laughs> right. So the first batch is infectious. It yeah, gets yeah. in. But then it, you don't get an infection and, and exude it. Although that would be a really exude cheap it. way to do it. Well, what would you become contagious? What if you're contagious with FSHD therapy? Just go wow. to the meeting. Spiel that it would out. not be good for big pharma. <laughs> oh, no, that would be fantastic. Right, God. That would be great. We're doing, we, solve, we cure one person and he can cure everybody God, else. We, we okay, need, now we're, we're going into the realm of science fiction. Sorry, we, we sorry, apologize. Sorry, we, we just need a, 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 need a food court here. in China to figure this out. To give a bat a cure for FSHD and spread it through the world. Right? <laughs> Or escape from a lab. Absolutely. I'm um, sorry. By accident. <laughs> so the adeno-associated virus, we always refer to as AAV. And this is the, the essentially the, the delivery vehicle that's going to take your therapeutic um, cargo, which is going to be a nucleic acid, to all of your cell. Well, then this becomes the key again. Where is it going to go? Right. Where is it going to go? So so there are some natural um, AAV variants that uh, specifically target skeletal muscles. Um Mostly. mostly, predominantly, that's the word I should use. Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, you know, AV6, AV9, you know, some others um, are the ones that, that we've used most in lab. Um, there's some engineering. Yeah, no, they're that's actually right. They're actually gene therapy clinic. trials yeah. in clinic. But there are better ones coming up. And uh, just to be clear, this is technology, she talks science fiction. And by the way, fantastic science fiction writer. <laughs> Buy my book. We should <laughs> we be can't say that. Okay, we can't say that. Well, that's why right. so I didn't write a book. But Gene therapy for neuromuscular disease through AAV vectors is already in the clinic for, for diseases. So this is not science fiction. Oh, right, right. This Absolutely. is not is taking what's been learned in these other diseases and applying it to FSHD. Right. 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 So, so whether they're natural variants or engineered forms, which are even more effective, the goal is to get, get these things into, into skeletal muscle uh, and basically keep them out of the liver, which is essentially a So why just crank in a whole bunch? Oh, because dosing, 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 as you were talking about before, it's, it's all about dose. And at really high doses, uh, AV is, is incredibly um, immunotoxic and, and uh, toxic to the to the liver. It's just, yeah. So you have to get enough. Yeah, the dose has to be, so dosing, it gets back to dosing, get enough to virus into the system to have efficacy. Right. But not so much that you kill someone. Yeah, not so much that you hurt. And them, if yeah. you put in a low dose, and this is actually what was found in, was it the MTM trials, myotubular myopathy trials? Where was it that trial or was it the DMD trials? I can't quite remember. Yeah. Don't quote me on it, but yeah. there was a recent um, neuromuscular disease trial um, where, you know, they, they, they had a dose of, of the virus that wasn't quite great. It wasn't really getting an effect. So they bumped it up just a little bit. And then you had, they had really bad side effects. So if you, if you go, went, went too low, it didn't work. You went too high. It wasn't, you had, you had safety problems. So uh, you want to avoid that. That's right. So how are we going to avoid that? Uh, well, we've got to, um, uh, I, I guess I should say that, and this is a little bit of a repeat from our, our CRISPR program, but uh, uh, our friend Sharif actually came up with these MyoAV. These are engineered um, uh, variants. So the, the capsid part of the, basically the package AV, um, uh, yeah, he, he 
selected for Brilliant some work, in, in, in his former academic lab. Yeah, true breakthrough. This is no, this we, is real breakthrough. Sorry, we keep saying breakthrough. <laughs> is true breakthrough work to myoavs because solving this huge problem of decreasing the dose by getting it doesn't go to liver and right. You know. So he he found ones that actually get into skeletal muscle incredibly more effectively than um than the previous best the ones that are, are being used in clinical trials right now and uh they I mean, like also 10 are, to 50 fold they're detargeted from the liver yeah yeah um depending on the muscle i mean it's, it's it's amazing i mean we would have said that just being able to cut down the dose by half would be a a great thing game changer yeah and cost yeah these things are expensive yeah, but not you're just, not you're right. safe toxicity so safety you know the economics of it yeah there's, everything there's so win win reasons. win up right, and down the line right. and right? he did so much better than just even a and not just right, for every neuromuscular disease amenable yeah to, not just fshd but to, but every neuromuscular disease well right? muscular i guess i'm not sure how good they are on the nerves but you know it's but and it's someone to heart and all that we don't yeah. need that but but anyway right, right. again you never know where the next big breakthrough so when you're picking where be you know dates and you know this speeds things up you never know all of a sudden there's a breakthrough and and the, the clock gets shorter right you're speeding up Sometimes there are roadblocks. You kill a kid. No, you just slow down. I mean, not to be, you know, flip about it, but that's what happened. That's what happened. In the myotubular yeah. myopathy, probably a couple of kids, unfortunately, died. On Duchenne uh, many years ago. And then Duchenne yeah. many years yeah. ago, the original. Yeah. And that really set the field back for about a decade. So yeah, this is lost... serious. I mean, yeah, you get this, this wrong and you lose 10 years. Yeah. Okay? This is why now when people talking... try to rush us, we just. <laughs> yeah, now you're talking 2035, okay, yeah. when you kill someone yeah. with technology. You got to. So, you know, the science drives the timeline, right. safety and science drives the timeline. Okay. And nothing At else. least it should. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. We're hopeful, but whatever. So what are some, some problems with AAV? Well, um, uh, so there is a problem that, that a large percentage of the population has pre-existing immunity to AAV, meaning we, we've already been exposed to this. This is a natural, natural AAV. So we're not going to use COVID around. vectors for <laughs> gene therapy delivery. Because... Or vice versa, you would hope. <laughs> But anyway, um, so so this is kind of a problem because if you have pre-existing immunity, then obviously you know you, you can't be treated. Because now you get your therapeutic dose, but and you and you just wipe it out with your existing antibody. Yeah. But you can screen for that. You can screen for it, and you can um, do something about it, right? Yeah, uh, you can do something about it. So so this is a huge problem, not just for for FSHD, but for many many you know basically any uh, any gene therapy. So there are a lot of gene therapy labs that are working very seriously and have been for quite some time on this problem. And so uh, one issue is um, uh, one, one potential solution is to do plasmapheresis, basically to deplete these AV uh, neutralizing antibodies. Just, just take the, um, basically take your, take your blood out. Yeah. Get rid of the circulating, specific antibodies. You're circulating and just suck in, them yeah, all out right, and then so put in clean blood. Okay. That sounds good. Transient immunosuppression. It's so different. People do transfusions all the time. People do lympho, you know, they take they yeah, filtrations and stuff. Yeah. You can okay, also treat cool. people without taking the blood out just with the IgG cleaving, you know, protein. Yeah. That, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, put something that just kind of wipes out all your antibodies. Right. Transient immunosuppression. Right. Do your gene therapy. Hit hit them with this. Wipe shot. out all the antibodies. Right. Put in the therapy. A month later, you got your antibodies back, and the virus doesn't reproduce, so that's gone. So you're clear. So you're cool. Right, I love right. that. I thought that was brilliant work. It is, yeah. yeah. So, but in general, you know, we think of treatment with AAV as being a one-time, uh, one-shot deal. You know, which which can be an advantage. You know, in terms of cost, and and if it's, if, you know, but the, but this gets to the the question. You know, if if you got one chance to get cured, um, it had better be a stable treatment. 
It had better not be something that works for a month or two and then stops working. So. What if it worked for 10 years? Would that be good? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I mean, people would take that, right? If you were yeah. cured for 10 years. And the thing is, it's a one-shot treatment. Today, it's a one-shot treatment. Right. Meaning. There are a lot of labs are... working on how to make That's it right. into a double shot eventually right. and a booster shot. Maybe we'll shot. have totally artificial, you know, uh, vehicles in the well, future. Well, that's which, you, know, you know, which, which will allow multiple doses. So for now, but, but we're we are operating as scientists under the idea that it is a one-shot thing. And right now, today, it's one-shot. So we right. better have this better so last a one. For. But do you, does yeah. that mean you got to wait 10 years in a clinical trial before you decide it works? <laughs> well, if they waited that long, a lot of trials would have failed. So <laughs> you give your best guess. You get right, right. right. But we do know that these genes, there was work done in some dogs, right, where they showed, I think it was 10 or 12 years, right, where they showed stability of the effect. The, yeah. the gene therapy that's right. was being expressed and functional yep. 10 or 12 years later, yep. which is yep. pretty good. Yeah, that's right. So these, it could have been 50 years, you know, maybe the dog's still going. I don't know. These AAV vectors are uh, episomal, which means that they basically hang out in these circular forms uh, in your cells. They don't integrate into the genome, um, which is a good thing because, uh, yeah. <laughs> However, um, they've been shown to be remarkably persistent for things that just hang out in your cells and don't integrate into the genome. As, as you, as so that's you great. To. So it's great. Yeah, it's actually really great. Oh, so that's fantastic. As so long as it's not causing problems in all those times in those cells, which is something we just so, talked about earlier. So now we're okay. So that's the vehicle. Let's talk cargo. Okay, we yeah. talked CRISPR already. Go back and see. Yeah, Carice did a great job. The mic was backwards. Um, by yeah. the way, drop some information on you guys. These uh, podcast mics are directional. <laughs> the only idiot that <laughs> for didn't your know own that. podcast. <laughs> yeah, they when you guys all know that your podcast for the. <laughs> I didn't know that. Sorry. This anyway, it's been pointed. Sort of brought to my attention. So now we're going to talk cargo. So CRISPR, we kind of covered CRISPR in great detail over before. So that's one thing to do. It doesn't matter whether it's CRISPR cutting, CRISPR inhibition, CRISPR editing, whatever. Um, but there's other cargos you could put in for FSHD. Yeah, antisense technology and RNAi. That that certainly. So how's RNAi on. different than antisense? Oh, you tell us because you like to get into no, the weeds. Come on, come on, man. <laughs> gonna, they want to hear you. No, no, it's, it's all you. I'm gonna <laughs> drink some tea here. My she, whistle's not wet enough. She doesn't know. I think that she... <laughs> You've stumped her. No, I know that's not true. I haven't. I've never stumped her. It's uh. I'm getting hoarse. Here's some water. Yeah, yeah, thanks. No, no. All right. Well, so so RNAi is a form of antisense, and actually, that's kind of so essential. No, it's fine. Essentially, um, what's going on, and this is work in FSHD that's uh, pioneered by the Scott Harper Lab at Ohio State, and you know, I, I'll just on briefly. I, I always got to go in the weeds and stuff. So, you know, just um. Ohio, you know, gene therapy, Ohio State, I'll just give them that Nationwide Children's Hospital, world leader in uh, gene therapy yep. in general. Um, absolutely expect one of the best places in the world. I think you'd have Ohio State and uh, UMass Medical School probably as the leaders in, in gene therapy yeah, yeah. where this has gone. And, you know, both places actually have FSHD groups, but not on gene therapy. But the, Scott Harper is leading the, an FSHD group. At uh, Ohio State, our children—they call it Nationwide Children's Hospital, yep. right? It's, it's Ohio State, but he's a Michigan guy, by the way. I'll out him. Um, that's <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, well, sure. So he's doing RNAi. So what this is is it's the uh, the virus is going to encode a cargo, and what that cargo is going to do is it's going to express an antisense molecule against the ducts for mRNA. So this is just like you know, we talked about the antisense molecules you inject and these things from Dyne and Arrowhead and all these that are going to, you know, but this is going to be a one-shot deal. It's going to go to all of your cells and just continually crank out the antisense from the virus, from the cargo in your cell. So it's always making it. 
And so it's there. And so conceptually, right, this, this works. And so when it binds the ducts form RNA, the ducts, it'll get degraded. It gets cut. That's what happens in RNA. The I stands for inhibition, right? Mm -hmm. RNA inhibition. Um, it was a Nobel Prize won by uh, Andy Fire and Craig Mello, I think it was 2006, discovering that double-strand RNA gets degraded, and then you get this amplification signal. So, so Scott, Scott's been pioneering this uh, technology for FSHD and a number of other diseases uh, that, that this is technology is amenable to. It's got to be a dominant gain-of-function disease. It's, per, again, perfect technology for FSHD, and this is gene therapy, one shot. You got, but you, again, you got to get the same problem. Uh, you have to get it to all the skeletal muscle cells. You have to get it at a dose where the virus doesn't kill. And you have to get, and, and and this does have to be continually expressed. So the idea would be if it ever did, if the if the expression ever did shut down, right. it could um, cause problems. Right. But what? How about non-specific possibilities for RNAi? You know, that's just yeah, the possibility. Yeah, no, it's it's notoriously. Uh... Uh, <laughs> problematic. Well, it's a, it's a natural mechanism. Yeah. The reason this works, yeah. right? Is so one thing is you, you might saturate the body's, uh, you know, natural system. So you're basically co-opting um, the RNAi, you know, system it, within the within the cells. Um, you know, again, just just like drugs, you know, uh, proteins do things, and and when you co-opt the the body's own system, uh, you know, is there enough being produced that that it can still perform its its normal functions in the cell? So that's that's a problem. Well, I mean, that's the thing. The RNAi system, this this whole double strand double strand RNA double strand RNA just in general is a global gene regulatory system that needs to function properly. Yeah. So you put this in, and you you kind of utilize the native system. Yeah. To say we're gonna now get directed against ducks four, right. but you know what? Do you? It's not infinite, right? So have you done anything? Is there any? And then there's also yeah. a specific often. Right. We're not knocking the technology. Like the we're just saying together, this is partly why RNAi has been notoriously cytotoxic. But this is, I'm sure, I, I don't know. But people are working on this. I, like I said, I, yeah. I haven't talked to them about yeah. it. But these, these would be the things they're addressing as right. specificity, this is why toxicity. Is so important. This is why it's not in clinic. Well, I don't know why it's not in clinic yet. But I mean, again, we don't we have, have any imagine. insight. We don't yeah. have any inside information. No, no. But you know, this is but I just think, in principle. This is this is well. Lind Lindsay Lindsay Wallace in his lab showed this. Was it like 2014, 15? It was uh, 12, 2012. 2012 when yeah. it first. So it's it's been almost 10 years where they Those showed were, proof of targeting microRNAs. Well, it's a, it's yeah, just a different, different type yeah, of yeah. antigen. But, but the technology has been around, and, and Lindsay um, Wallace, who's you know spectacular scientist in, in the Harper Lab, has been. I, I think she's still there. I'm pretty sure she's there as a more of a senior person now. Sorry, I don't know. I haven't. Um, been, I haven't gone to a meeting lately. We've been stuck in COVID, so we don't see anybody. But, you know, it's driving the technology. It's done a lot of the bulk of the work. And I guess I shouldn't talk about someone else's lab, but it's public out there. Just, she's a great scientist. And so this, yeah, you know, they, they must be addressing these types of things. Yeah, so that's yeah, a gene, yeah. you know, so gene therapy for FSHD, you have the antisense. Well, you have the, the, the RNAi. Yep, yep. You also did the myostatin inhibition. I didn't like that so much. What did yeah. you think about that? No, no, I totally agree. Compensatory and didn't work very well. And <laughs> okay, yeah. so yeah, there's a way to kind of do. It was sort of the ACE eighty three trial of, you know, knocking out um, myostatin. You get hypertrophic muscle, but you can do this forever. I, I don't know. I just felt yeah. like no, I mean, it's, it's proven our principle at work, but yeah, yeah. I guess we're not we're not supposed to be we're not like the viewer Oprah or something, <laughs> right? And say I like this. I don't like I this. Like this. Just... Thumbs up. Thumbs down. Yeah. <laughs> Love the RNAi. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I you know, there's the problems. Uh, don't 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 call me up and, uh, and are being worked on. You know? Yeah, I we mean, know people. Are, we don't time. know. There's a lot of. I love that. You know, try new stuff. More darts. Is Neil again? I always Neil Neil Kamarda is part of Solve FSHD. He yeah. also runs FSHD Canada, 
And Neil's Neil's always says he's always said, more shots on goal, more shots on goal, the better. Yeah. You know, and the better the shot, the better, right? Because something's got to hit. You need, and that's one of the things I think that Solve FSHD is trying to do. Again, I'm not speaking for them, but you know, that more shots on goal for FSHD. So we have the CRISPR gene therapy, but with CRISPR inhibition from um, potentially CRISPR editing, base editing, the RNAi. So that's kind of the gene therapy kind of field for yeah. FSHD, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. gonna be delivered by AAV or MyoAV. Lots of people working on this. So let's go to the last class that we're gonna talk about, about uh, and then, then you guys can get back to your um, elliptical machines or whatever. <laughs> Probably already on them, right? It's a, hopefully in your Lululemon, I guess. <laughs> exosome clinics. <laughs> go to your exosome, which is exactly right. So we're gonna talk about other sorts of, maybe, should we say fringe treatments? Fringe or? treatments, unregulated fringe treatments. Uh, yeah, the they're dark unregulated, side. but you know. <laughs> So, you know, well, I shouldn't want... laugh. We actually take these things seriously. No, we take it extremely seriously. We have all of this. We have a good time in lab, but um, actually this is, you know, all of this is the most as serious as it can be. It's your yeah. health. Yeah. And one of the things I know of talking to all of y'all is I, as many of you guys that call my office or we Zoom and all sorts of things is, is there's desperation. Yeah. You know, I'm getting weak. I'm getting worse. What can I do? And so some of the things that are out there, people have looked into doing stem cell injections, exosome injections. So why don't you take us through that? Uh, well, stem cell without therapy. Without getting busted, without getting there. Yeah, without somebody getting... coming coming after us with a cease and Bombs desist into our house. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you think we're joking? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so stem cell therapy. The idea is to actually implant stem cells. You know, from... where they come from? Oh, good question. That is an excellent question. It depends on where they come from. I mean, typically people use um, mesenchymal-derived stem cells, which are... You just said you know, mesenchymal? To sorry, mesenchymal. I don't know what the hell you I'm sorry. Um, placenta, just... cord blood. Uh, there you go. Uter- placenta yeah, and okay. cord blood. I can relate to that. <laughs> Those Thank are you. all mesenchymal I never took cells. cell biology. That's one of our big secrets. Google was... it. <laughs> anyway, we can all Google. <laughs> Placental stem cells from like baby births and stuff, umbilical cord and stuff like that. Right, Is that what you're right. telling me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's that going to do? You know, so people, so it's already been shown that injecting these, you know, placental stem cells uh, into injured muscle in an otherwise healthy environment does provide, you know, significant benefit. Right. So, so your favorite right. football player gets right. injured and right. he goes off somewhere outside the U.S. or maybe inside the U.S., gets stem cell injections into their knee or their leg, their hand. better really fast. And then they get better. So, right. okay, so cool. That's why fine. You just, so, so, inject, so why can't we do this for FSA? Yeah, fix yourself. Yeah, why, yeah. why not? Well, FSHD is a completely different situation. And and as as we've talked about, you know, uh, the problem with FSHD uh, muscle is that every cell is poised to express Dux4, a toxic factor at any time. And uh, so, you know, and depending on how far the dystrophy has progressed, you know, patients, this is not a healthy environment in terms of the muscle. It's not like you have a, a wound, you know, and a healthy muscle. You know, that just needs needs some. Right, you got in a car wreck, you got a big gash, and so, right. but you're basically healthy except for the big gash. Right. So you can fix that gash by putting in some of these stem cells. Yeah. Potentially, we're not promoting it. We're not promoting any technology. This is not medical advice, by the way. <laughs> no, Make no. Sure it's clear. Yeah, that's we're let's just be clear explaining on that, yeah. what happens from our scientific perspective. And so people put yeah. in these things, these stem cells, placental or umbilical stem cells, and what's right. it do? Right. It drives regeneration. Yeah, it stimulates and, regeneration, secretes growth factors, you know, stimulates the native satellite cells probably in the muscle or to, to yeah. proliferate and fuse to existing fibers, you know, muscle regeneration. So, Great. so I think there's a big misunderstanding um, on this is that what, what people think of is they think that um, what's going to happen is 
that's going to build back their muscle because the stem cells are going to somehow fuse to their muscle and they're going to get that, 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 that's, that's a different type of cell therapy. Right, right, right. So the umbilical cord. Actual engraftment by the, by the stem cells is very low. Um, what, it, what they do is secrete, I think, growth factors. They're not even meant to engraft. Yeah, right? they're not meant to engraft. They secrete growth factors, which stimulate your cell's own stem cells, the actual muscle satellite cells, which reside just outside of those uh, muscle fibers. Those are quiescent. They, they're mostly asleep. You know, and it, and it takes an injury or some kind of stimulus to get those uh, native cells to wake up and say, hey, we got to start proliferating, turning into myoblasts, you know, fusing with fibers and actually, you know, generating more muscle. So, so essentially the stem cells like a little, little factory, little micro factory that's been injected, literally injected with a needle somewhere. You're not going to put these systemically through your blood. I don't, right. I don't think no, you No, 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 that'd be crazy. But you take a needle, you jam it in where you want to go. And it's a little factory that's just stimulating the environment to say the local satellite cells yeah. are going. Wake up, this is the idea. Yeah, turn into and, muscle. Turn into muscle. Right. Just go, 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 go. So what's wrong with that? Right. So uh, what's wrong with uh, with an FSHD satellite cell? Well, it's 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 got still the an FSHD defect. cell. It's still an FSHD yeah. cell, and so it's going to turn into a, a muscle cell that's that's got the same problems, the same inherent defect as all the muscle cells in an FSHD well, patient's body. Do you have body. an infinite supply of these cells? And that's the other problem. If it really serves to stimulate regeneration, well, now you're 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 essentially, uh, you're, you're overworking yourself. Sadly, this is a fear potentially, you know, depending Again, on how well this, is, this works. This is our scientific, this is yeah. our, based on our understanding, our, based of, on of our biology, understanding, because there hasn't been, well, there hasn't been like a real trial for this. People have done this. You might know some people online that have done this and you know, it's not crazy, but it's not necessarily scientifically sound either. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. neither. We don't know that the verdict is out. So this is, but this is the idea. The idea is you inject them in. I would say the likeliest scenario, you'd feel great short term, and then you'd plateau. It just wouldn't work very well long term. What and, if you just injected the them forever? Case scenario: the stem cells do an amazing job of stimulating regeneration, and you deplete your native population of muscle satellite cells. They're not infinite, you know, and uh, and that would actually hasten the dystrophic progression and make make things so that's a concern. Worse. Could it make now it worse? Now the question is, how do you know if you're worse off than you would have been otherwise? And the answer is, you don't. You don't know the the, the in an uncontrolled the, trial. In a, right? Yeah, well, well, even a, I think it's a very difficult trial to control. Individual, yeah, yeah, because people the, the the progression of this disease is so inherently variable, you know, and, but, and unpredictable. It makes it difficult. Well, this gets back to the fulcrum trial, right? They're actually saying, well, we slowed down disease progression, um, and you know, maybe it did, maybe it didn't. They're going to say across the board, if right. you look at 80 you're people. You're just comparing to placebo. That's all they can but, do. But you're comparing 40 to people to 40 people right, right. and saying uh, these people went slower. So that's how you do the trial. Right. But, you know, maybe some people, did. you know, you just don't, it is variable. You guys all out there know, everybody, you know, but your you friends. Know. Some of you go, you have, you have, you have time. They also though have times. Yeah where you very rapidly exactly. decline yeah. and times when you don't. So That's what, what if, I was going to say, you can go 40 years and be fine, fine, fine. And then all of a sudden you hit a point where it's just very rapid. But you also could be going downhill for, for 10 years. You get slowly, and, slowly, and then you just and suddenly, suddenly crash. Right. And if and that then happens you after, after a stem cell treatment, I mean, you don't know if it's because of the stem cell treatment or not. You don't or, know. Or if you if it doesn't happen, you don't know actually for any of these treatments. That's actually just a problem of clinical it's trials. We're not problem. knocking anybody, but it's a complication. Right. And this is why it's really important to be in the MOVE study and the MOVE Plus study. And this is what the clinical trial research network the ctrn you know that has been funded by all the foundations nih mda and now solve has kicked in some money um this is this is why it's really important to understand the natural history disease and also properly powered studies this is going to take a lot of people so we need lots of people in the clinical trial databases um to participate or to offer to participate because it, these are these are just kind of getting on the complication of clinical trial yeah so and so the idea is you so what are you going to do you get like a like 200 injections around your body or well there's another problem too which we haven't talked about yet which is all these injections are stressful 
And uh, as we know, stress um, actually activates Nux4. So it could be- You're talking about the, cellular the stress, not yeah, just cellular like, stress, not like right, mental right. stress. Well, hopefully not. Well, that's <laughs> know, a bit that does a lot too. of bad things. We, we already yeah. know stress causes all kinds of problems. Uh, so you're the stressing the muscle system. So, so the problem with stressing muscles is that uh, we know in the lab, at least, that, uh, and especially with your mice, right, that turning on Dux4 uh, via, or sorry, um, just injuring your right. Dux4 mouse model will turn on Dux4. And so that's right. That's a different most Dux4 mouse model than any of you guys know about. So, but we do have one in the lab that has a regulatory mouse model yeah. and it basically doesn't express Dux4. And the way you get it to express Dux4 is you injure it or stress it and it expresses Dux4 in the muscles. You know, that's proprietary. Now I, I outed, we outed ourselves as unpublished information, but I'm, we're getting it out there. You know, it's just, it's, we're working on it. But the point is, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, it's a little scary. And, and differentiation itself, when this when the muscle cells, you know, naturally differentiate, that's a stressful process, which may be why Dux4 turns on uh, in differentiated cells. You know, you're depriving them of growth factors. Well, that's and, actually, you know, okay. That's, so you're thinking of, that's interesting. I was just thinking it must be downstream of my, the myogen, myogenic factors, but we do know that well, stress. Well, it probably is. I, I think no, it but, is, but, but but you're right, because this could affect the screening. Sorry, we're going to get off. This is what I mean. We always come up with ideas when we're talking. Put us in the room and then <laughs> we get you know, a Nobel Prize winning idea, we'll turn the mic off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So. <laughs> Sorry, that posting note over yeah. there. <laughs> Don't, look. Don't look. But the, um, but yeah, stressing the cells, if, if it's, it could be a stress response gene. And this gets back to some of the work that people have done on oxidative stress. Yeah. And, and or hormonal induction. And some patients have said that at certain times of their life that were very stressful, that's when they noticed oh, it. Well, decline. that's the thing. So, you know, it, so it if it's be. a stress response gene and the delivery of a therapeutic, is it self-stressful? It's, it's self-stressful, self yeah. Okay, You're giving yourself kind like of it. a, yeah. A tough I mean, I don't like it. I wish it wasn't the case. Yeah. But I'm just saying that, you know, people, you just don't know. You just, you don't, just know. don't know. End of one trials are kind of tough. But but anyway, some people are doing this. You may hear more about this other places you go to china you go to mexico i don't know where you do it i, I think there's i don't know if you can do it and i don't believe it's fda approved in the u.s that i'm aware of not for the disease because it would have to be approved for each for specific each indication, indication. Right, right so maybe you pull your hammy you can get it done but, but maybe not, that's what you yeah. want to do you want to be an fsh person say i pulled my hamstring and i pulled this one oh, i pulled my calf i pulled my ta of course all that's dependent on the physician you know and uh -huh. doctors <laughs> no go there yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can teleconference in and get a prescription for everything. Yeah. All right, so that's our, so we're gonna have one more. Then the last what are we gonna talk a little bit about the about, about, about the exosomes? All right, so then then that brings us we have the stem so that brings us to something similar technology that's out there that maybe people aren't aware of, and that is exosome treatment, which is you know it's hard to say. You say something is fringe or mainstream, it really depends on what biomedical condition you're talking about medical condition you're talking about right people do exosome treatment for things and well we can definitely say it's unregulated <laughs> it's unregulated. not, not is, fda approved that is, um, um but that is uh so but it's people do it and some people might do it for uh, fshd so it's uh or other muscle diseases i don't know you know it's just out there so what what do you, what tell us about Take well exosomes through. are uh they're these tiny vesicles which you can think of as little bubbles that get uh, blebbed off the surfaces of cells and uh, and uh, then they bleb onto other cells and they release their cargo, whatever is inside them. And uh, cells use this for one as a way of expelling waste um, and also as a means of cell to cell communication, you know, for right. basically. So that's the uh, question. How does a cell in your toe tell a cell up in your thing? You know, it's not necessarily through right. nerves, nerves, but right. it's like almost systemic through your bloodstream. Cells communicate. And this is yeah. one of the major ways they communicate is through. So stress know. factor, you can get systemic stress right. or systemic relief. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. By so like exosomes a, do great things in, in the cell. Naturally. Naturally. <laughs> so they're full of, they're full, they can be full, full of waste of and they can be full of, they're yeah. full of something. They're full of something. Depends on the cell they came from. That's right. Depends on the source. A gamish of. A gamish of uncharacterized factors, largely. And, that uh, do something. That do something. So they're not what people think of as just empty little ve vessels for you to put the thing you want in them. Um, Although you can. You can. People you can are put, developing that technology. You can put anti-inflammatories. You can put all yeah. kinds of things for, you know, into, into these uh, So you naturally harvest up some exosomes. But they're being used as carriers. So, right. yeah, so people yeah. harvest them you from your cell of choice. a variety of sources. Um, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> Again, we talked about uh, mesenchymal stem cells. Um, and uh, people do get a lot of exosomes from bone marrow, placenta, umbilical cord, blood, uh, even amniotic fluid. You know? so, so the so choice they, they come of these, from a lot of sources, but it, those are the high. But they all have the same general idea that these are these are cell sources that often are highly proliferative. They There's almost make even like stem properties types of things. Yeah, so, yeah. so you go into a cell type that you think might have some good stuff for you if you're thinking about uh, uh, an aberrant condition, whatever, whatever it is. Well, let's talk about the sources of these exosomes. When yeah, you go okay. to an unregulated, you know, exosome clinic, um, you're getting exosomes from someone. Um, what if that oh, person so had, had, what if that person had cancer? Do you really want the waste products of they may not know they cancer. have cancer. They may not know. Yeah. Or I'm like, sure they're not finding people that I mean, have. it's not like they catalog these things, you know, they combine them all together. So you're, you're getting basically a lot of unknown biological material in addition to well, whatever, you know, yeah, this is our in our, the treatment. our opinion. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is us speaking as, as scientists. As scientists who have looked into the available literature. Uh, you know, there have been the, the FDA has put holds on exosome or put warnings out for yeah. some of these things. Because, because they have not been tested thoroughly. Be but yeah. but on the other hand, there are people that swear by them as this fixes me. Yeah. So, you know, it's again, yeah, it probably it gets, does in some cases. And in some cases, I'm sure. Yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's, it runs the gamut. What's wrong with you and what's in these. And is this, is this the right match? And can you flip the bill? Can you foot the bill? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, so, so it's a, uh, but you know, these are things that are out there, right? They are out there. Um. <laughs> well, you know what? We, we missed a couple. Uh, of what? Therapeutics, you know, as we oh. were doing this and oh, again, we're going to go back couple of therapeutics well you know i mean i just want to I feel bad if i left people out now you know you're i know you're you've been really in the literature but there's a couple of things that aren't quite in the literature oh, but they're, but they're conceptually out there and actually they're public we never would talk about anything that's not publicly available but conceptually mm -hmm. you know you could um just you now going back to small so we covered the small molecules anti-sense gene therapy crispr all that stuff we covered them the suppression yep um, well, I guess there's amino, but there's also immunosuppression, other immunosuppression, directed immunosuppression, like, uh, I guess we're investigating anti-IL-6 receptors. So again, they're very, it's kind of like the idea of oh, the exosome. Right. We, we left that out. Yeah, yeah, the exosomes versus um, something that's very known. So rheumatoid arthritis, for example, is a auto, it's, it's an, you know, an inflammatory disease and there are drugs that, and, and, and FSHD has a lot of inflammation. And so you could you could imagine anti-inflammatories being used for FSHD. Yeah. And I think that that's something people are pursuing. Yep, yep. You know, it's not widely out there, but it's pretty clear that uh, that your bloodstream is full of uh, inflammation signatures yeah. as biomarkers, and that we know from MRI looking at enough FSHD muscles and people that there's a lot of inflammation. So you might say tamping down the inflammation, whether it's with stem cells. Right or exosomes or anti-inflammatories might be, you know, it's a viable, yeah, conceptually yeah. you see that as an approach. Yep. Again, 
you're you're not fixing the hole in the boat. You're bailing it out faster than you know. And hopefully, this buys you some time. Yeah, I think that's generally or maybe bad a combination idea. with something. Yeah. yeah, but there were a couple others that we kind of missed. And that was the small molecules, just because I know you know the the great thing on FSHD, and oddly enough, I think that this is what's going to happen with. You know, this is what foundation money really does. All foundations, not just all, but, you know, FSHD Society, Friends of FSH, um, you know, Karina, all these guys. You, know, you can fund these early stage projects where just new people to the field have, hey, I got something clever technology that I think is applicable to FSHD. And again, FSHD's dominant gain of function, get rid of ducks for any means necessary. Get rid of it as yeah. long as you don't kill someone, right? <laughs> and safe, yeah, any safe yeah. means necessary. Well, people have technologies that, you know, you see FSH gets exposure, people become aware of it. And now we know the disease mechanism. So what are you going to do? Well, there are, you can make small molecules that maybe bind into, bind ducts for, not the, the kind of like the aptum or the competing, but maybe bind ducts for and just prevent it from, you know, Binding DNA. We should say way. this is extremely difficult. Transcription factors like Dux4 are have traditionally been considered undruggable because they don't have those nice, you know, structured pockets which uh, drugs fit so comfortably in. So uh, yeah, if, but they still have a three D structure. People can accomplish this. It is. Uh, I'm is not a very saying that they can. I'm just saying an amazing thing. <laughs> no, but conceptually, you could have a highly specific drug. Absolutely. Conceptually. Yeah. Yeah. Conceptually, you could have one that's not that specific. But it's not PKPD, as simple as it sounds. Yeah, PK, pharmacokinetics, pharmacodynamics yeah. are going to matter. But conceptually, the idea is can you screw with the conformation to make an inactive conformation? Right. You know, right. there's a, there's that's being looked Which is into, a great idea. And if, yeah. You know, and um, I think it's it called, I think Alte Therapeutics, yep, I yep. think, in the Bay Area is doing that. They've joined in the FSHD space. So welcome. We love having new technology come in. Yeah. And then I've just always wondered, again, this gets back to, I think we, we, I even put this in one of my NIH grants years ago as an alternative approach. I said, why aren't people using Protax for FSHD? And what a Protax is, is your body has a natural system to degrade proteins. That's why you don't just, you don't just accumulate protein for all, some of us accumulate. <laughs> I mean, I accumulate. Is that what we're calling it? Well, okh okay, we'll call that. Shifts around. BMI. <laughs> well, maybe it's not it's all protein. protein. But your cells need to get rid of useless, badly made, whatever. You got to turn over the system, right? You got to, you basically get garbage, but you got to grind it up and get rid of it. That's right. And so you have a, a proteasome that does this, the proteasome system. Uh, that's what it does. It cleans everything up. You know, it's, it's, think of it as, you know, it's just, uh, I, I can't think of what I'm thinking Garbage of. disposal. Yeah, it's like a garbage disposal, just eating everything up. Yeah. And Tasmanian devil, right? Yeah, yeah. Cartoon Tasmanian right, devil. Right, that's what um, I imagine. Okay. <laughs> Spitting amino acids throughout the back end. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so that's what's going on. So, but, so could you design, could you, why not get rid of ducks for? Can you hijack the proteasome system to get rid of ducks for? And, and so there's technology out there now. They always call these, again, it's like the, it's called drug eating the undruggable. The idea being that if you can find a molecule that will seek out ducks for, and, you know, their protein-protein interaction or whatever, maybe even nucleic acid, maybe a binding site aptamer, I don't know. But, you know, something where you, that binds ducks for and brings with it the signal that says degrade me, then your natural body just system will just get rid of it, right? Right. And I, I put that in as a, an idea. I thought, well, I don't have any data. It just seemed conceptually. It was ages ago when I first, I first I saw this in a seminar. 
I can't remember how many years ago. So I was like, man, that's perfect for FSHD. And we never did anything with it. Right. Well, you can't do everything. Yeah. <laughs> but I always had this idea, and it's just a horrible thing, because we did the same thing with CRISPR. Someone must be doing this. We were the same thing. Oh, someone must be doing CRISPR. You know, it just turns out, well, you know, one, not everyone's as smart as you, or as good as you. Well, you figured out, go back to the podcast, listen, she figured out some technical hurdles and made the CRISPR work. Plus, conceptually, you came up with a great idea that other Someone people are doing. probably is doing the Protex. That one's got to be doing yeah. the Protex. It's probably tougher but than if, it, if, if, if you're it out appears there to, conceptually and they're working I mean, on it. Because I know there's companies set up to do it. I yeah. don't know if they're doing it or not. I got no idea to tell you the truth. Actually, there was some dude. Oh, shit. I probably can't tell you about that. Um, He said it was hard. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. You know, a lot of things work in lab. A lot of things are conceptually great. We're great at drawing diagrams where you eliminate all the, the, the stuff. But yeah. um, conceptually, protaxic, you know, so there's a lot of stuff out there. Yeah, so, yeah. Various so, stages you know, of development. So the good news you want to take home. Sorry, I know I didn't mean to start off so negative on this if you're still hanging out. You know, it's, you know, we'll get there when we get there. And the sooner the better. I know we totally understand that. You know, dates are arbitrary to some degree. I realize you can look at things and, and make an idea. Uh, the science, it, it takes, the cure of disease takes, take, you're right, it takes a lot of money, but it also takes a lot of vision, and it takes a lot of work, and and the, a lot of the work's been done. That's great. Now, the, you know, a lot of the foundation has been, been laid by, by the field over all the years, knowing the pathogenic mechanism, our gene target, understanding, and, and so now we got all these approaches to come after Duck Spore and to shut it down or to go downstream, upstream, whatever. It's just, there's so many, so as Neil says, so many shots on goal and something's got to work, man. Something's got to work better than, and, and then I always say, and I, I'm not being flip either. Actually. And we, we're going to find something's going to work and then something's going to work better. And then a combination of things is going to work even better. Yeah. And it's great that we're getting something out there. Cause I, you know, we, we kind of, you know, it's, it was, I, I personally was disappointed in the laws map of mine. I, I just was underwhelmed by it. Oh yeah. And say, well, it's better than nothing. You know, better than nothing is better than nothing, but that's not the bar we're going for. I'm not going for yeah, that bar. Yeah, I mean, no, it's I not, not good enough is what I, you know. But thank, I'm glad they have it. Thank God they something's working. And and the clinical trial network and the the, the way that the trial was performed, looking at outcome measures. That was incredibly was valuable. Unbelievable. Invaluable. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean. Very well done and just really helpful all, for all future trials. All the credit in, in the world, all the credit yeah. in the world to, to Fulcrum and they for the way they've done about, it. about reporting oh all God. that and helping people. So they yeah. moved the field forward yeah, so no, far, we're, we're very grateful so for well. Yeah. I, I've, actually, they deserve to have Lesmap might be a good drug. Yeah, they do. Because they've done the work. They've they done the work. The work. Right. So we really hope that the phase three trial really shows 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 a lot more and maybe they've learned something and maybe it will. Maybe this is, maybe, you know, maybe it's going to be thought better. Yeah. I, I hope it is. There's only one way to know. There's only one way to know, but you know what? We're not shutting down our program and yeah, I'm glad, going. I'm glad other labs are coming into yeah, it definitely. and the technologies. I hope you have a better understanding of some of the technologies. And so it, it's interesting. We were, you know, we, we have some friends that, uh, <laughs> the, the two people that listen to our podcast in Nebraska, uh, <laughs> we're in the heartland. Uh, told us we have to have some themed music, and I was thinking oh, about this. I can't afford that. I said I can't afford <laughs> theme music, but I said, no, "What I got to do? Got to get some." But I don't know. Maybe no. I, I'm I'm thinking the theme music or the, in the public domain. Well, I don't. I, I have no idea what that. I don't know what this means anymore, right? I mean, I, I you know I had the Benny Hill theme song on our. You're our, gonna sing for us. Well, I just wanted to tell you, I, I, I put the Benny, we, I have a, a video of our flying squirrel, Rufus the oh, flying yeah. squirrel, that was great. Um, fluffing up his fluff, yep. and I put it on Facebook with the Benny Hill theme song, and they banned it because they said that I wasn't allowed to, I violated something, you know, That's right. so, 
So I don't know. I said we gotta create something, but I'm thinking I'm, I'm thinking the the FSHD theme song has got to be. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a child of the '80s. I'm gonna okay. You see, we we'll see where you come with this. So, so I gotta see if I can do this. So what what is that? Is that a pledge pin on your uniform? <laughs> Drop and give me twenty. What you don't you have uh, no idea? Movie? movie? No, I don't movie? watch movies. Remember? Animal House. Uh, Animals pledge pin on you. Is it, There's is a song. It, that it's a Delta this? pin, sir. It's a pledge pin on you. Well, anyway, so then there's a song that goes with that uh, now. From we're the not 80s. gonna take it. We're not gonna take it. You got it. Yeah, that's right. Is that a Twisted Sisters pin on your uniform? Uh, if he's gonna sing this, I just want to say that any resemblance, this remote resemblance, this bears to the Twisted Sister song is Come entirely on, Come on. coincidental. I've seen you do Warren's cherry pie. Let me tell you. Oh, that was. <laughs> she really wanted some ugly. cherry pie. I really wanted some cherry pie. <laughs> so I, I didn't think she'd actually do it. So All don't right. me too. All right, me, let's please. sing. Let's cherry pie. Or are we going no, with? No, no, a, no, the, the, we're not gonna take it. No, we ain't gonna, gonna take it. it. <laughs> we're not gonna, <laughs> gonna take it anymore. anymore. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so that was not the original Twister. That was not. Twisted Sister. I don't think we're in any mean, danger right? of them suing us. Well, I don't know about that. They may say we disrespected the song. <laughs> but you know what? As an FSHD field, you're not going to have to take it very long anymore. That is actually the truth. Lots of help is coming. And, and you know, thanks to all the people who have donated everything, whether it's 10 bucks or a thousand bucks or a million bucks, you know, we're going to get where we're getting there. Yeah. And, as, and as, as soon as possible. Yeah. No one, no one has any interest in waiting, but we're going to do it safe and it's going to be driven by the science. So... Um, we're at the MDA clinical conference where there's a whole lot of great science going on in these diseases. Uh, next week on the podcast, we'll probably be talking about animal models and how we get these drugs and safety things through clinic. And so, you know, I hope you like that. I hope, I hope people enjoy this. Very informative. We go on and on. I'm sorry. I've been told I, what'd you say? I talk all day. Something like that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> so long ago. <laughs> I, 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 I think everyone's going to vote me out and just want to listen to you. So it's, uh, <laughs> that's what I would do. I'd just say. Anyway. We're going to uh, sign off. Um, we're supposed to have a sign off to Anna. We're not going to take it anymore. Yeah. Thanks you know, for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you all later. Bye.